0: Welcome to episode 90 of the Grip Strip Podcast, the totally farcical um, edition of the Grip Strip Podcast. Not the show itself, though, depending on my functionality, it might be, but um, I doubt it. Um, I'm going to be bringing the heat tonight. Uh, we're going to talk about what was the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix, the rights out and away we go Grand Prix, which um, might have been one of the most controversial, farcical, um, ridiculous events that I've ever seen as a racing fan and 30 plus years of watching motorsport, let alone Formula One. Um, Lewis Hamilton wins, Max Verstappen is second, uh, but there's way more to that um, situation um, as both drivers go into this weekend's Abu Dhabi Grand Prix finale, tied on points with the countback and tie broken by Max Verstappen's nine wins to eight for Lewis Hamilton. Uh, We'll get into the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix as well, preview that. Um, We'll talk about everything that went on at Saudi Arabia in general. We'll get into the NASCAR and IndyCar roundup, news roundup, which um, the new Petty GMS uh, team, which will um, see the number 42 come back to Petty. Uh, for the first time since, uh, you know, Felix Sabatis basically got the number with Kyle Petty. Um, I guess that's one of the benefits of Ganassi selling out. Now the 42 goes back to Richard Petty's team, um, most famously driven by his his late great father, Lee Petty, um, won 50 races and or 55 races in the three championships or whatever. And, and he won day the first Daytona 500, et cetera, et cetera get into other news Xfinity trucks um the IndyCar news there's been news with the um with Dale Coyne and Vassar Sullivan uh parting ways which probably means that Rick Ware is going to have a bigger uh stake in the IndyCar program there for whoever is going to probably be driving there David Malukas will be one of them um the other one I don't know who the other driver will be but because it's going to be TB I mean it, it used to be Dale Coyne racing was TBA TBD but um, I guess it might go back to that Bathurst 1000 uh, epic performance by Chaz Mostert to win a second Bathurst 1000 uh, winning for two different manufacturers now in his career. And what was Jamie Winchcup's final race of his legendary career? Um, he's akin to Jeff Gordon or Jimmy Johnson to uh, Craig Lowndes is Jeff Gordon to you know Peter Brock's Dale Earnhardt you know if you want to compare it to American motorsport Australian motorsport. so seven time champion won tons of races um was basically you know if you're a Holden person for a long time and if you're you know they like you're a fan of Lowndes and like, he had his or he had a base fan base it was much bigger base than you would think like even for Johnson um but he did great things even though he was a douche um which makes sense because he drives a red bull car you have to be a douche to drive a red bull car basically um we'll get into the f2 season finale in abu dhabi we'll preview the abu dhabi grand prix as I mentioned earlier we'll get into the totally farcical performances both our nfl teams had um last week yeah, freezing and the Robinson. Yeah, and and uh, the fact that um, I had the high, I had one of the highest point scores of the whole year, and I still lost by forty points to Vic. Um, and Josh had uh, was able to get through. I think you won last week, and you've locked basically locked in in the third seed. It looks like I'm locked in on the fourth seed, but considering I've lost, I think everybody in this league, and we play each other again. I'm not really looking forward to this This because I just figure you don't even have to do the trash talk. I'm just figuring you're going to beat oh, me. Oh, I already used but that one. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, I don't really need the trash talk. I figure you're going to beat me. So I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I'm just yeah. getting ready for my, I'm just getting ready for who I'm going to play in, in week 15.
1: I mean, you know, we can, we can arrange some uh, collusion.
0: <laughs> there ain't, there's no point of colluding. You're going to be <laughs> finishing third, no matter what, we're both going to end up striking out on some of the pots, but yeah, um, after all that, my name is Philip Matthew, and my co-host is Joshua Fine. What's going on, man?
1: Yeah, I'm doing good. It's uh, been, a, yeah, it was a exciting, but yeah, far school race for Formula One. But then yeah, NFL, like I said, free James Robinson, fire Urban Meyer, do it. They have to do con. We don't yeah. want this guy no more um, and all that. So definitely uh, probably the most pissed that I've been as a fan since February 2020 when they originally announced the um. Uh, London 2 game deal that they were going to do before covid and all that stuff happened but uh you know we'll see what happens there and then of course we'll talk about sim racing stuff uh later on uh i racing uh they released their new content uh updates for season one 2022 that includes the mercedes f1 car from this year the w12 uh, performance uh so i'll probably have to buy that and check it out and try to drive it uh can't say i'll drive like lewis hamilton or even valtteri botas but definitely give it the best shot i can so definitely looking forward to trying that one it should be fun
0: i think you could probably drive like valtteri botas considering some of the performances he's put in in recent years so don't sell yourself short man um uh because Valtteri Bottas is going to Alfa Romeo now, so maybe that means you're like two steps away or three steps away from being an Alfa Romeo. But um, with that, yeah, we'll get into all of those things. We'll start though with the um, Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. Uh, one of the most, it was one of the most treacherous tracks. They were, they were selling it as the fastest street circuit in the world, and it was. It's the second longest circuit on the calendar, behind Spa, and it. There was fear of carnage and a lot of caution. Full course yellows, full, I mean, or I say full course yellows, full safety cars, VSCs. uh, What ended up happening was there was full, there was full safety cars. There were red flags. There were VSCs. They had the race and the race was basically became the WWE. Um, You had Michael Massey fucking up left and right um and looking like he was completely out to lunch and how to run a race um you had Red Bull's typical whining and BS uh yeah Mercedes and going and taking off and having the lead through the first 10 laps of the race before Mick Schumacher had a huge incident in 22 and 23 same place as Charlie Claire went and had that had an accident the day two days before um, one of many sections that are pretty sketchy and borderline to say the least um that situation initially constituted a a, a what do you call full safety car uh, and then they pit fly. stops yeah pit stops took place for some a red bull for the Mercedes double stacked. Valtteri Bottas slowed up enough to where they could do the double stack, which then um, Red Bull, of course, started crying about. And then Max Verstappen stayed out, only for them to red flag the race three laps later um, and give Max Verstappen the advantage. From there, he fucked up the second start, ran off the track, and ran, ran, cut Lewis off so that he couldn't get the lead, which then allowed Esteban Ocon to get the lead. Um, and then the third start, which was the last start, uh, they Max Verstappen made a, a move, a great move uh, on Lewis Hamilton, but he didn't make the corner there either because he's Max Verstappen. But he ended up uh, getting the lead anyways because he blocked them out. And uh, basically that's where they were for a long time in the race. There was other stuff that happened. In the second restart, uh, Charles Leclerc and Sergio Perez got together, which then triggered other cars getting into it. Um, I'm forgetting everybody. I think George Russell had, uh, braked, and then uh, Egghead Massive Arca him. break Egg, Egghead Arca break right in the right into the back of him. Um, I mean, I we talked about it on Grid Talk uh, the Grid Talk episode from uh, this past weekend, recapping the race. I mean, if you want just strictly Formula One, that's one of my. I mean, to consider where I was at, my mind was at, and where all of us were at that were on the show. Um, that was really comprehensive we did a good job on that tom and tom and myself and um for getting who who else was on that show i'll look it up here in a second but um we went in all the details how bad it was and how dangerous it was but that was one piece and then the mercedes i mean the mercedes was faster uh, in the end uh, they had the faster car lewis was the better driver and red bull was trying alternative strategies. Once they had another red flag, they went to the media, that third start, they had a medium tire versus Lewis's hard tire. They were working and banking on the notion that the medium could last the rest of the way. Um, what ended up happening is the medium didn't last on top of that. There was, you know, pretty useless driving. Um, quite frankly, uh, dangerous and in it just completely idiotic maneuvers by Max Verstappen and, and you know not not giving enough room not making the corner same way as he did at Brazil which I conveniently don't have cameras of that one picture of that when he's driving around and it's the same way as when he was in his car he didn't turn he didn't make the turn he didn't make the first turn uh when Lewis tried to pass him uh cleanly yeah
1: when he had the and DRS then, on the front right
0: yeah on the DRS on the front then they were they were going to penalize they were retroactively penalizing him to save face because Michael Massey completely got de um, on Sunday, after all the nonsense that happened during the formula two race, the injuries Enzo Fittipaldi, all the, all the crashes. And then, and then what happened in this race when he's sitting there negotiating with Red Bull on where they can start and all this bullshit. Um, he was just completely de pants there and he took it in a lube because he was God awful. Um, they gave penalty points to Max for stopping him, but it doesn't mean anything. Um, I mean, the penalty point is he's a douchebag and a cocksucker and he's he literally thinks he isn't going to die in a race car and he drives like an, an idiot he drives like somebody who thinks that the world that nobody everybody else has to move over for him and lewis hamilton's the only one that's willing to drive him drive him right to the edge most everybody else on the grid is not willing to do that well lewis is trying to do that and even in that he knows he's going to get plenty of hatred anyway it's not just because of the orange mo- mafia morons Uh, That Max Verstappen's fan base is, a lot of them are, um, because they're the idiot sticks. You know, it's kind of like other cults. Um, There are plenty around here in this country. Um, One particular one with another color for an orange idiot. Um, But, you know, the fact of the matter is his driving standards. They told him to eventually, they got into all the penalties. Okay, he's going to get penalized. He's going to lose time, something. And they told him that they're going to go. They need him to strategically let Lewis by. But the communication hadn't been received for whatever reason. Ron Meadows, who works for Mercedes, hadn't received the communication from the FIA or whatever whatever it may be. Either he didn't get that message of the engineer to get to the Bono or whatever. In the end, Lewis ends up running into the back of Max Verstappen's car. Max Verstappen immediately accelerates away and takes off to a, a pretty big lead. Uh What ends up happening, though, is they go and come up with the five-second penalty. And around that time, too, his tires basically went to hell. Lewis somehow or another comes back, post-fastest lap with a damaged front wing, somehow is able to pass the moron without getting any further damage, uh, and wins the race to then tie the world championship. But, you know, the conjecture and everything that's come along since This race is further, you know, the animus and the um, the dislike and the, you know, I think just the poor, poor quality and and, uh, the lack of class by which Red Bull does things um, is is been shown in this season and the way they behave. And it's kind of why they went and disappeared after Sebastian Vettel's four in a row because their arrogance and their belief that everything revolves around them and that they deserve everything to go to them. No, Sherlock, you don't deserve all that crap. You have to work hard. Mercedes has worked hard. They've been the dominant team for all these years frankly they've been behind you all year and to be fair this could have been over if red bull you know red bull's had plenty of of luck and plenty of fortunate things happen to him this year you can make the case that baku if he wins baku we're not having this discussion anyways because more than likely lewis isn't going to win the world championship but also he could have won baku if he hadn't Mm -hmm. fucked up that restart and then we're not talking about We have a 25 point gap and then Max Verstappen is going to try to take him off the racetrack, which I think he's going to do anyway. Um, There's a lot to 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 kind of unpack there, Josh. Uh, It it, for me as a Lewis guy, it bothered me greatly. Not just what I mean, what he was having to do or what he was put into a position to have to do uh, to win that race. Um, the way that Max Verstappen drove, and the way Red Bull behaved through the whole entire thing, which is typical of them. The race where it was a racetrack, everything about it just rubbed me the wrong way. The only good thing that came from it was the fact that Lewis won. Um, otherwise, it was a uh, it was a completely it was a joke, and it insulted me as a race fan. It made me think of NASCAR races, a lot of NASCAR races in recent years. It made me think of wrestling, the way everything was managed, and it's. Like you're the supposed to be the pinnacle of motorsport. There's nothing pinnacle of motorsport about what went on uh, on Sunday at at Saudi Arabia. Yeah, I mean, there
1: definitely was a lot to um, complain about about that race. Uh, I mean, the fact of the matter is, like when Mick Schumacher, I mean, I guess maybe he was thinking some 8 b chess there, uh, trying to wreck so that uh, his dad would still uh, be tied with Lewis. But that's uh, beside the point. But um you know, with with uh, the way that went down, it was very confusing. Uh, they, they went red flag a couple of laps after they, everybody had already pitted and they were, you know, yellow. Um, I mean, I feel like, you know, first of all, there has to be some consistency there. You know, there, it was already a heavy crash in the first place. I mean, they should have just red flagged it to begin with. Right. It w- would have been fair to everybody. Right. And, uh, it would have made more sense instead of, uh, basically going back on the yellow flag and then going to red flag, uh, because, it uh, looked like it was pretty heavy impact there. Obviously, uh cars destroyed and everything so from that sense just you know immediately red flag or red flag as soon as possible before everybody starts pinning whatever um and then the uh the penalty the yeah the five second penalty uh after max for stopping basically slid the tires to try to stay in front of uh lewis uh you know in lap 30 you know after lap 37 that i mean that was a uh, pretty questionable there because they had to kind of go back on that after that that part had already happened and i mean that that penalty happened even after the uh contact that they that they made when lewis got his front wing damage and so that caused a lot of confusion and so just a lot of this race was chaotic uh overall i think and and never mind the the crashing and all of that stuff and i told you on you know messenger is basically like the indy cars uh grand prix of nashville is you know that race uh was very chaotic uh, a lot of restart accidents the leaders, uh, you know, got together. Well, they didn't get together, but, you know, back in that one, it was the leaders ended up, one of the leaders ended up crashing that one. But um, just the way that that one felt, and it had kind of the same same deal here, the tight corners, tight everything. Um, the track was uh, very narrow, and, of course, restarts happened. They had the one crash, and then they had – uh, with Mick Schumacher and then uh, Sergio Perez, Louis, uh, Charles Leclerc get into it. Uh, Mazpin gets collected into that uh, as well. And so it was just reminding me of that one. And then, of course, later on, they had a bit of debris uh, there that caused another restart, virtual safety cars, a lot of, a lot of chaos. So, um, yeah, this definitely was not the type of race that they needed to have here uh, for uh, Formula 1 just from that angle, but then of course Lewis versus Max, uh, that aspect of that uh, I mean, I, I didn't think like when you know when Lewis tried to pass him initially um, going into turn one, I didn't think that was egregious on Max's part uh, to um, drive like that. I think he was just trying to protect his position, but he drove into the corner too deep and then had to slide the tires to stay in front of them, and then um, they you know almost made contact there, but I was a little bit confused by the contact where he slowed down to give up the position and then uh lewis ran into the back of him there's obviously some confusion there uh i think part of the reason why lewis was kind of reluctant to pass him there is just because well drs you know they're coming up on the corner where they get drs for the front straight and that would have given the advantage to back right back to max and you saw that there when he gave it the position and then immediately yep. passed him back for the drs mm-hmm. yep. so that was uh, definitely a lot of that strategy there too So um, a lot of it was just confusing with um, the way that it ended up playing out. And then, of course, tires mattered, of course, and hard tires lasted longer for Lewis. No surprise with uh, the way that the track was. Uh, Max, they gambled on mediums and didn't work out. And I think you were seeing the way he was getting challenged by Lewis. I think you're kind of seeing that come come to fruition is that you know he um had to drive uh, a lot harder to try staying for it because he knew his tires were probably not going to last as long once um he started getting pressured by Lewis so leads all up into this uh, which you know we'll talk about later does uh Max have to pull in there at here and uh take out Lewis Hamilton to win the championship we'll see uh Horner says that uh Verstappen doesn't have it in him uh we'll see what happens uh you know we'll Michael Schumacher see.
0: did that too we have yeah. to be balanced about yeah. it Michael Schumacher did it too yeah
1: yeah, I forgot about yeah with Schumacher there but we'll see what happens
0: yeah and it's it's my fear that um that that's what's going to happen because I figure Max are stopping to be a gelding um he dates a PK so it isn't out of the realm that he poor he pork someone who's related to someone who do that sort of stuff and his dad's an idiot and couldn't drive a hot nail through snow um so this jackass drove over the back of Lewis's car at italian grand prix and he he the one thing that just you i mean there's many things that irritate me about max Verstappen, not just his stupid fish lips but the, his lack of just aware situational awareness and the way that he behaves about any move or decision he makes he has like no remorse and i'm like who the hell are you what do you think you are you like some movie some some fighting movie star who's like an action movie star, kill people and you have no soul i mean he seems like a soulless gutless coward that if he wasn't protected by the red bull wall he'd be destroyed he'd be punched he'd be thrown into a freaking alley and beaten to death and then shoved in a freaking toilet he needs his head shoved into a toilet the worst way i mean you just like really do him no lube just deliverance him like freaking ned Beatty. i would probably go and help him out I'm going give him give him a broomstick, Charlie fucking cocksucker. It was unbelievable. His lack of the way he drives he just rubs me the wrong way. He reminds me a lot of Kyle Busch, and he reminds me of some of these other assholes who think that um, they can't die or something. And like I say, it's like, oh, well, Lewis has made moves like that. Senna's made moves like that. Like all the greats have made moves like that. Well, that's fine um you can say that and that's your justification and you're a fan or whatever you could say it you say it because you don't like lewis hamilton whatever he doesn't get it and i don't think he ever will get it and he might be a world champion and this time next this next episode 91 i'll be having to talk about the fact that he's a world champion and if he's a world champion he's won 10 races that's what it's either he's won 10 races because he He actually beat Lewis Hamilton straight up or he won 10 races because he ran Lewis Hamilton off the racetrack and ended his day. Um, Either way, I'll never respect Max Verstappen the same way as I'll respect Lewis Hamilton. I'll never think that Max Verstappen is a better race car driver than Lewis Hamilton. One world championship doesn't make you better than a seven-time world champion and fundamentally – I figure Mercedes is already prepared for 2022 and is gonna be able to respond to Red Bull. Won this World Championship, Red Bull should win, um, and that's without all the bullshit that comes from Max Verstappen's mouth and the way he drives, or one-eyed Horner, or one-eyed Marco, um, who thinks he wanted to give his drivers COVID and it says all kinds of other stupid shit. Like you already got, you already lost one eye driving, like you fucking moron. You shut the like he's he's one of these idiots who thinks that um, that he's some sort of evil genius it's like motherfucker you've destroyed tried to destroy more people's careers than than you've actually developed. You have all this red bull driver development program how many of these assholes in the red bull driver development program have have actually went anywhere can you name anyone outside of daniel ricardo that's still in formula one they try to destroy pierre gasly they tried to they 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 try to destroy pierre gasly they somehow or another he recovered it on his own accord and with whatever help he has is close and 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 he's still he's at alpha tori the reality is if if alpine I think Alpine would have been better off signing him over Ocon, no matter what Ocon has done this year. I, don't, I get he's won one race, so they have the same amount of wins. Ocon's led the third most laps this year. So I was like, oh man, he's led the third most laps this year. But Fred came back and has outperformed him. Virtually the entire year, you know, like um, I think Gasly's got a future. Is he going to be a world champion? I don't think so. There's too many other guys ahead of him, but Daniel Ricard is never going to win a world championship. The two guys that they have that everyone's going to put their hat on. Sebastian Vettel was a BMW guy and he was going to go to Sauber and he got swooped up by Red Bull. Max Verstappen was going to go to Mercedes and it was a Mercedes thing first and Red Bull said, oh, we'll give you a ride at 16, 17 years old. And they went to Red Bull. You haven't developed nobody. And this is the that 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 one eyed moron is the one who's the, the they filled like Formula E grids are full of Red Bull people. They think there's like a indie. There's a few car guys, um, a couple car guys, I think off the top. But, um, you know, there's there's people in sports cars, but nobody in Formula One. What does that say about you? How the hell do you have a job? You know, Karen Horner's a whole other thing. I mean, he's a whining little bitch. It's enough that his wife probably doesn't give him any, um, because she's probably banging a bunch of other guys. But the fact of the matter is, he's like five foot five, and he's got this Napoleon complex. Like he thinks like the world uh, owes him something. You're a rich bastard anyway. You were already a successful team principal and owner. Your daddy gave you a team, all the shit. You were a race car driver, middling race car driver, and you think now you're gonna go and stand up to Total Wolf? Total Wolf could power bomb you like Kevin Nash did to. Uh, psycho sit or whoever the hell he beat for the the i think he beat undertaker for the world championship in 95 at wrestlemania but um he or he could go and 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 power bomb that piece of garbage right into a in a garbage can and they can go and send him off in oblivion i am so sick and tired of listening to christian horner he's one of the most annoying douchey people on planet earth it's like you're a cocksucker you're a rich piece of shit go fuck yourself. You're a pathetic example to Formula One. You're a pathetic example to team principles. You don't understand how to go and be behave like a professional. When you win, you win badly. And when you lose, you sound like a, like a three-year-old little bit, a three-year-old kid. You sound like the, the fucking little bitches I have to go and deal with at work between not just the kids, but the other people that I work with. You, you're just... A waste, you know, you don't bring any positivity, you don't bring anything good. You're you're you denigrate your own drivers, you denigrate everything that that is you denigrate team principle, other team principles, you denigrate other drivers. He spends his whole time basically trying to shit on Lewis Hamilton. Why don't you just go and say you don't like black people and get it over with? Like, we get you don't like Lewis Hamilton, but just go and say it, you know. I figure the N-word flies pretty smoothly out of Christian Horner's mouth. And I also figure that Lewis Hamilton could beat the shit out of him too. But then that's a whole other thing. It would be hate. It would become a thing. He'd go and report a hate crime on Lewis Hamilton for beating crap out of him. I'd rather Lewis Hamilton do it on the racetrack and go and take his, his junk out and piss on him. And that would be... At the end of the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, because that must be a thing in Saudi Arabia and Abu Dhabi, because all the bullshit we races one, we races one, and they race in those shitty places. Go pee pee on him the way that Jerry gets pissed on by all them guys that she fucks with him watching because he's a cuckold.
1: Yeah, a lot of a lot of stuff there, man. <laughs> I'm,
0: just, I, I can't take it anymore. Yeah. you know what I mean? Like it's it's like I can't. You you people have had the best car most of the year, and from the moment that the tide shifted after I guess Italy when he tried to try to go and and, and kill Max or, or Lewis for like the fourth time this year. They talk about Lewis getting into him at the British Grand Prix. I'm mean, like, that's literally the only time that Lewis has gotten into him. Max has tried to run him over, I don't know how many times, where he runs over everybody because he doesn't know how to pass anybody cleanly. Um it's it's just it's it's beyond anything that I can imagine. I mean, I, I can't stand Nico Rosberg. I'll never like Nico Rosberg. I don't care that he's that great. He's an all right uh, announcer. The fact of the matter is he's a douche too. And if it wasn't for his daddy and it wasn't for the fact that Mercedes won a German world champion, he'd just be a fucking cocksucker, daddy's money motherfucker like Brian Scott. Or sort of like Gagson who wrecks people and runs over people and does shit, which is something... To the snowball derby took place oh yeah forgot that about was that was controversial <laughs> yeah. both in the snow snowball and the snowflake which um that idiot that maggot moron a white piece of trash went and ran over johanna long which pissed me off too um first race she's running a while and then she gets wrecked by that that daddy's money inbred piece of garbage Rittenhouse support with all the sponsors that support Rittenhouse, but um i mean this is this where we're, you're you're putting a sport formula one that's supposed to be the pinnacle of motorsport and you're having people you're having people who behave like children and who are children dictating possibly dictating this championship and i personally will never trust red bull i don't trust that max Verstappen won't run lewis hamilton off the racetrack and try to crash him to win the world championship. i i just don't his dad made a career out of crashing and being irrelevant and, and mediocre his son has made a career out of basically running everybody off the track because he doesn't know how to use a brake or get out of the way um because he can't because he's like a baby who can't deal with um being told no um at the end of the day the guy's got talent um he's just like kyle larson he's just like a lot of these guys that have been around the younger guys tons of talent um no race no i mean and and there's times this year he's destroyed the same way as lewis has done for many years like well yeah i, I mean he has that kind of talent that's why mercedes wanted him but his character his behavior the way he thinks what his his ego and the way his stupid fan base um treats him they treat him like he's Clyde you know like he can't do no wrong Clyde could run over everybody he's like Earnhardt you know like Clyde could run over anybody it would be fine you know that's that's what it is he doesn't have enough he hasn't done enough in the sport to justify that I don't care he has nearly 20 Grand Prix wins he might have 21 grand prix wins or whatever next week but you need a you need to actually be humble um it doesn't hurt to be humble um and if you're if you're going to drive the way he drives and the way he drove on Sunday was just ridiculous um two penalty points is not enough for the way that Max Verstappen behaved um in general the way he carried himself that whole entire weekend and to be fair Max Verstappen is the idiot? He's the one that fucked himself over. He had the pole run. He had yeah, the he, he was the gonna wall. win the pole, and he hit, hit the the yeah. Yeah. He, hit, he hit the wall of the final corner. Yeah, he hit uh, the wall on the final corner. He had a he had three tenths on Lewis, and this could have we we may have never gotten here. He would have probably put the world championship away because it would have been what he had a fourteen point lead or not fourteen point lead, eight point lead. So he would had a fifteen point lead or sixteen point lead going to Abu Dhabi, and this is over anyway. But Obo Og fucked up. So what, is that Mercedes' fault too? since red bull blames everything on mercedes the sky is falling the things that somebody farted oh it's mercedes fault oh my god this thing has happened oh it's mercedes fault the track is rough oh it's mercedes fault oh lewis Hamilton. He, he, oh jesus christ there's something like dietrich there's a reason that dietrich Madison he left nascar i don't know why he left nascar because he's into this wwe bullshit obviously he goes and sponsor all this other crap but he, he won't sponsor a nascar team he won't sponsor an indycar team because he got involved with that achiever i mean I mean that yeah, back
1: that in its own the IRL days.
0: Yeah. That that I mean that explains itself because Eddie Cheever. But the reality is like, I mean, you're a douche. Like, what the fuck? Come on, man. Hey, I, I don't know. I needed to do this. I was prepared for this. Oh yeah, I wanted to it. say I I haven't had one of these in a while um I'm I couldn't take it that I was in bad I was I wasn't feeling great I was dealing with some stuff personally and it was very emotional you know watching Lewis win the pole get that pole and then him win that race I and then having to go and do a show soon after because of all the red flags and all the BS we literally only had like a half hour between the race end and the uh, uh, the actual show that we did live um, and, uh, you know, the, our, our chat on, on uh, whatever slack I got, you know, I was fired up and one of Tom Downey who does one of the podcasts, uh, he, he's really good at what he does too, very, very positive, very uh, connected, very understands the sport, but he's a max guy. And I'm a Lewis guy, and I I went over I went too far, and I apologize for that. But at the end of the day, it's it's too much for me. I can't do it. You know, I can't deal with this this kind of poor driving standard that he is about. You know, like Egghead made his name in part because of doing that kind of stuff. You know, running over people, doing all that, and then because his dad dad is a billionaire, they bought a Formula One team. You know, like. That's that's a, like Max for stopping for whatever anyone wants to say is daddy played a role and the fact that Red Bull can't cultivate talent or wants to destroy talent they had to get his stupid fish face behind in a in a race car. And I mean it's whatever he yeah i I, I keep on picking him. I'm gonna pick him again this week. I'm getting ahead of myself picking him this week because he's gonna run Lewis Hamilton off the track and he's gonna win his world his win his tenth race and win his world first world championship and i'm gonna turn off the fucking tv and i'm probably <laughs> gonna tap out i'm gonna tap out of the podcast because i'm not gonna be able to sit there with a i'm gonna lose my fucking mind i'm gonna be trending i'll trend on social media if the, when that happens we'll we'll trend on social media when when that happens when he does it but i'm i'm jumping the gun because i just know that's what he wants to do because he's just so he's got that michael schumacher like uh, Hereth 97, like Michael Schumacher, Adelaide 94 thing that he wants to do. And the only thing I can think will happen is that Lewis, because he's better than Damon Hill, he's better than Jacques Villeneuve, Shaq Villeneuve, um, or Shaq Villeneuve, um, uh, depending on who you are, uh, Jimmy Broadbent re- reference there, but, um, you go and i don't know i it's i i can't stand that motherfucker i'll tell you he's he's literally one of the biggest douchebags on planet earth like i mean he he is just an awful awful piece of human life it's it's ridiculous i i i really don't know what else to say about him uh the little bitch lost by 21.8 seconds to lewis hamilton uh by the end of 50 laps uh, gave up his 8 point gap so now they're tied in points. Valtteri Bottas used DRS after I don't know the he had a good start in the initial start and uh, blew it on the second start, uh, fell back and had to battle back past Esteban Ocon who ended up finishing fourth. Uh, Daniel Ricciardo finished fifth consolidating whatever just basically trying to uh, go and take uh whatever they had because mclaren had a brutal night uh pierre Gasly sixth leclerc and signed seventh and eighth they got in a little bit of stuff but in the end leclerc uh beats signs um you know mm-hmm. Con- connor moore uh the the uh, what do you call it, the impressionist uh from uh, Ireland he does he just put out his a formula one page and he does freaking Lewis Max Ricardo uh, and Carlos the Carlos signs is hilarious I mean I love the Carlos signs he does Lando um and puts uh like a pacifier in his mouth which makes sense um he also does Lance and Lauren stroll which is pretty interesting um he does kimi in, which is easy i mean to be fair is pretty easy um but we'll see who else he does one one of these days he's gonna have to he's gonna end up doing george uh he's probably gonna do he has to do vettel and alonso Uh, but yeah so uh giovinazzi in his next last formula one race of his career had a great weekend um struggled, didn't have the greatest qualifying but in the end uh or no he did have good I'm sorry I, I shouldn't I shouldn't go and shortchange him he actually qualified in the in the Q3 yeah,
1: qualified in
0: 10th 10th and finished 9th so um, made up positions in an alpha Lando rough night uh, got sent tailback, uh, finished 10th stroll Latifi, the two Canadian daddy's money guys, 11th and 12th, Fred Alonso, brutal night, uh, 13th, Yuki Tsunoda struggles continue. Kimi Raikkonen, uh, ran into his badminton buddy, Sebastian Vettel and, uh, finished last Vettel had to retire between the engine and all the other damage he had to the car. Perez was knocked out in that, uh, after the second restart incident with egghead and george russell and then mick schumacher of course who crashed um uh, in lap 10. so um in the end Verstappen received five second time penalty, leaving track gaining advantage for the 10 second penalty for causing a collision in the end he had so much time that he was only five seconds i think he lost the race by uh, five six seconds or something like that or I don't know somewhere on that it's like five seconds then the five seconds plus and the, then the seconds as well ten seconds as well so that's what that was um, and Lewis with the damaged wing was still setting fastest laps at the end of the race uh, he on the last what is it lap forty seven he so three four laps so three lap with he set it with four to go uh, he did a one minute 30.7 with a busted front wing and they were telling him stay off curbs and do all that so he beat max's best lap time by seven tenths um so yeah that was the abu dhabi or saudi arabian grand prix in terms of the results uh the points as i mentioned are tied uh going into uh this coming weekend's race botas is locked up third uh and uh, Sergio Perez has locked up fourth. And it was a 70, yeah. Charles Leclerc, Lando Norris, and Carlos Sainz, it's, what is it, uh, eight and a half points between the three of them for fifth. Ricardo. Still up there. Yeah, you know, Ricardo's eighth. Gasly ninth. Alonso's only up by five on Ocon. Uh, so that's, I mean, so that's an interesting battle there. It'll be hard for Gasly to make up 15 points in Ricardo. So, really, the main battles, of course, other than, of course, the battle is Orlando, Carlos, uh, Leclerc uh, to go and see who will finish fifth in the world championship. And then in the constructors' standings, uh, Mercedes has a 27, 20, yeah, 28 point lead on Red Bull. Going into this race, uh, so it's going to be difficult for Red Bull uh, to get it unless there's a double retirement for Mercedes, which considering Valtteri Bottas's luck this year and how many power units he's had, who knows, um, along with, you know, Max Verstappen, uh, Ferrari is third, they're going to get third mclaren's fourth they're gonna get fourth third through basically everything is determined uh, the you're, yeah, you're you're i, think f- I don't think there's gonna be any real movement um unless red bull is able to get first and second if they're able to get a uh one 2 finish then you know without mercedes scoring anything or whatever something some crap like that like basically both mercedes are eliminated and they finish 1-2 or 1-3, then they can win um, the Constructors. But um, they were kind of behind the eight ball anyway with that one uh, a while back. But I know I went off on a pretty um, good rant there. Might have went way longer than needed to, but um, I wanted uh, to go to you. In regards to the circuit, Josh, um, also in Michael Massey's handling of this race, um i know in our day and age of social media we're able to get more access to things i know with the way that the coverages are giving us more access but are we also i mean on the one hand are we putting ourselves in a box in regards to some of the things that are going on within the race or are we learning that michael massey doesn't know what the hell he's doing and they need to put somebody else in there uh the circuit also to be completely frank outside of that bank corner turn 13 and the fact they have like that long ass drs zone final corner and all the track is not great um it's basically a roller coaster in a formula one car which means you're asking for trouble uh, there was stuff that wasn't finished until a day or two before the race itself or the weekend itself uh hey what are your thoughts on the track uh, and how massey handled his his job um in this spot considering how big this title fight is
1: yeah i mean i think the the track itself like general i think it's maybe a little too tight a little too narrow for formula one field uh there's definitely like i think you saw that with the the incidents uh, especially on the restart uh there when uh Charles Leclerc got into sergio perez uh even even the fight for the lead uh going into turn one is a uh, not really a whole lot of room to pass there anyways um and i mean they really had to make it work going through the first corner uh so i, I mean in general i just thought the uh, track was very tight uh, very narrow i mean they had the opportunity for uh, drs going onto the front straight but i mean that was basically it uh he had to really get a good run and send it into uh turn one uh to be able to get a uh, pass on somebody um and there's not really yeah there's not really a whole lot of passing opportunities um on that track in general so uh they'd have to make it not as narrow or, you know, figure out some kind of, uh, configuration that, um, doesn't, you know, allow for, uh, such a, a tight racetrack where you have cars kind of funneling into a, a corner and out of a turn kind of, uh, but I think for the driving, uh, or the, you know, the, the, stewards, Michael Massey definitely did not handle, uh, some of those penalties, right? Uh, I think, you know, definitely with, uh, Max Verstappen, the five second penalty is, um, definitely confusing because, uh, the, the ability uh, or not the ability of the penalty, but you know, the, the timing of it, because it, it seemed like it was a, had been like already a few laps after uh, that. Yeah, incident it like had like three, place. four laps. Yeah. It so it's like definitely three, a long four time. Laps, so yeah. Yeah. Definitely a long time. Like, I feel like you know you usually expect a penalty within maybe two laps of uh, an incident taking place uh, for them to be able to review the incident and then uh, hand out the penalty. And certainly, I mean, when, once they announced the penalty, like, uh, I mean, you to Lewis had, or Max had to give up the spot and give up the time and everything. And the further that he got along with the penalty or you know, drove along without giving up the spot, uh, I was uh, only going to um, add to his detriment. So, uh, the timing of it was just bad overall. Uh, the red flag thing, uh, like I said earlier, like uh, they they went safety car and then they went red flag a few laps in uh, to that caution, that first caution with Mick Schumacher. And that was uh, confusing as well. Uh, negotiating the penalty with you know, Red Bull, Christian Horner um and and massey uh, that was i mean people were talking about on twitter that you know they'd never seen anything like that before uh where you know the penalty was being negotiated in in real time and normally you don't see really anything like that and i feel like maybe if that had happened under green conditions like they'd be like oh like it's basically just like telling them what would have happened had it stayed under green because i think under green like probably just said hey give up the position and or maybe not but uh I feel like in normal conditions under green flag they just said give the position and uh since he uh, did not pass uh, you know on the track pass through the curves and all that stuff so would have just said give up the position and of course they had to negotiate that um under caution and all that stuff but not sure if that a- that one actually did warrant a penalty but um the fact that it had to be negotiated is uh says a lot about the stewards and how they handled that situation i think but yeah, you know, overall just uh didn't really handle anything straightforward uh it was a lot of go backs a lot of confusion and certainly shows a lot of uh, lack of leadership i think in uh the stewards in the paddock there so uh not the best moment for certainly for michael massey yeah he
0: didn't have a good night and it looked like you know we know that charlie whiting was a long time god bless his soul um he was a long time uh, chief you know like the chief officer or of sorts whatever you want to call it like the chief director um, race director and he we he handled things with an iron fist in a lot of ways but in a lot of ways there was just a respect there he respected the teams he respected the drivers um and and Michael Massey I assume does too and he was put in a tough spot having to go and basically take over for somebody who is so well respected when I don't believe anybody thought that charlie wedding was going to pass away um but you know that's what life is but in this spot the way he looked the way that they and the stewards weren't giving that many decisions out you know usually the stewards are asked to go and make decisions on a lot of these calls it didn't seem like that um was the the thing you know like they would go and massey was the one involved in everything and i'm like the reality is nobody should know you exist it's the same way as, it, it's akin to the way officiating is in like the NFL and when you oh, consider yes, that yeah and officiating in the NFL is horrible you look at other sports leagues how bad officiating is but definitely in the NFL it's like the worst you can't and NASCAR with every with their consistently and like that's where I came up with consistently and consistent selective enforcement that's how they go and deal with penalties in formula one. It depends on the driver. It depends on whatever. And it's like, Oh, if it's a red bull guy, you can't do anything to them. Oh, it's a Mercedes. You can't do anything to them. Uh, but if it's a back marker team, if it's freaking egghead, they'll do something. I'm like, it's the inconsistency. It's the lack of clarity and they have so many damn rules and they're, damn rule book same way as nascar does and most of them are written like crayon um or like pencil or something you erase it it's it's such you're talking you say i i keep on going back pinnacle of motorsports is a pinnacle of motorsports wwe or is the pinnacle of motorsports supposed to be actually the pinnacle of motors where that's what michael massey's what he did um on sunday the way he handled sunday and the way he handles this sunday's race is gonna speak a lot to whether he has a job um on the day after uh, at uh, after abu dhabi and i mean the track i spoke about on Grid talk it wasn't a good track i don't like it um, I I didn't like it then. I like it less now. uh I find it to be extremely dangerous. Um, you could say, oh, you're just being, you know, one of them zealots, or all you're, oh, your safety zealot I'm like, the fact is, we had a possibility of a couple of airplane crashes there. You know, you had the you had the egghead deal, arca breaking or not arca breaking, just literally driving right through George Russell. You you had the Lewis Max incident you you had other crashes and other things that if you had more clarity and more room could have possibly been prevented you had the enzo fittipaldi wreck i mean there's there's nothing tier one about that circuit you're going to say it's a grade one circuit great and and you're going to tell me watkins glen road america sebring uh i'm trying to think of other racetracks in in our country like in vir laguna seca, laguna seca uh that's, long beach yeah, a, yeah i'm not i'm not sure like i think most IndyCar car tracks have to be grade two so that means a whole entire IndyCar schedule for road courses at least is like a grade two circuit unless it's like a um temporary street circuit though i think saint pete's fine on that um but that's what i'm saying if yeah. you're gonna tell me that saudi arabia the saudi arabian circuit is grade one what makes that Grade? what because it has some stupid it has this backdrop it has lights it has some goofy um hospitality in the front stretch and the massive pit road is is it the, the fact that there's all kinds of paved runoff so max or stopping doesn't have to make corners um i mean what makes it that's what i want to know like what the hell is the difference with grade one they say oh, it's seating they say it's like a certain infrastructure whatever i'm like come on, man. They, they say you can't make, I mean, Aiden Millward does videos with like the, the new, the, whatever, one of the, I guess, mods in a set of Corsa. And now of course with the W12, which um, Josh will talk about more later um, he's doing all these mods. And he's like, Oh, well, they'd have to do this to this track or do this, that track. I'm like, they had no problem running there and, and, and through the 80s. It's just that old troll, Ecclestone, didn't want to go and have to foot the bill. And uh, he got away from all these racetracks when they wouldn't pay him. So Watkins Glen Road, America, Laguna Seca, all these tracks are way safe. Like the Miami track, the crappy Miami street parking lot course that they're going to have next May, which you're saying is sold out, is basically going to be a, a VIP uh, bullshit fast is akin to this track. So if this is what, if Saudi Arabia is like a preview of what Miami is going to be, and forget, I mean, most of the people are gonna be so drunk off their ass, they're not even gonna care that cars are on the road. You could go and have regular local traffic and Coral Gables go drive through there, it would probably be more entertaining than the actual um, Miami Grand Prix will be. Uh, if if it is similar to what uh, this track was designed to be, I, I know that um, I think the people that are in that were in some of the people that are involved with CODA. I think, have some involvement in this. I don't know. Uh, I guess, you know, we'll see. Yeah, it I mean, seems like Miami is going to be the same kind of deal.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Miami, I mean, really any of these tracks, like what's grade one, what counts, like you said before, like none of these tracks like look like, I mean, other than the, I mean, if he took away all the backdrop, all the other stuff, don't really look like uh, proper racing circuits. I mean, I look at proper Formula One tracks, look at Spa, look at Monza, uh, Silverstone uh Suzuka, all those racetracks. I mean, even, you know, Mexico City, uh, and all, all that stuff all look like Coda. Little racetracks. Yeah, Coda. Yeah, Coda does too, but it doesn't have the history, you know, compared yeah. to like Watkins Glen and yeah. all that stuff. Um, which is what I, you know, feel like should matter in a mm-hmm. racetrack and all that stuff. And it's like I said before, it's all infrastructure, like and what I mean, you know, it's not just like um the capacity, the whatever access for electricity and uh, all that stuff that, you know, people need and everything, but it's also the backdrop, the, um, what it looks like on camera. Cause you know, you look at like that race, like previous races, like Abu Dhabi coming up next, it all looks all flashy, pizzazz, all that stuff. And definitely like, I mean, not sure how many, what's the, you know, the, the crowd, like the salary or whatever these people make, but it's all like, you know, a bunch of rich people attending the race and everything. And, all the pizzazz. So it's just, yeah, that's like what it's made for. So it's not like, you know, here in America, you, know, you can go to St. Pete, you can go to Daytona or Indianapolis, any of these races and, and, and go there and just watch race. Like it's all this stuff. That's why, that's why Miami is going to be sold out. Um, If anything, I mean, hopefully I can try to get in. I mean, uh might be able to figure out some way, but I mean, it's going to definitely be a, a tough deal to get into uh that one. But yeah, I mean, it's, just uh none of these tracks great one that's that's what i gotta say
0: yeah it's they say it's sold out i don't know Um, my cousin's husband he he lived out in that area him and his his brother and his parents they lived out in that area for most of their time once they emigrated here and they were trying to look for tickets or i mean he couldn't find anything i think his his older brother might have tickets because he's been able to get to spain and whatever go over there but I looked at the prices because I think they went on the resale market, and the it's insane. Uh, yeah. at that, I mean, I'd rather go and fly somewhere. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't even want to fly anywhere. To be fair, but it's like um, I'd rather fly and see my friends out on the West Coast, or I might want to go and do something. I could save that money and do something really good with it, versus going and wasting my time sitting in some random part of freaking Miami Dolphins parking lot. Um, but it is what it is, I guess. Um, we will see what goes on the nascar and indycar roundup uh, is next and the big uh, talking point is richard petty is not uh leaving the sport uh richard petty will now be uh, part of what has been rebranded as petty gms motorsports so maury gallagher yeah i guess uh I don't know if it's similar to the whole um, medallion group deal where they made him basically a figurehead and called a Richard Petty Motorsports. But what I do see is that, you know, Richard Petty and Maury Gallagher on stage together earlier today, they, it sounds like they're in a partnership, which considering Richard Petty's like 84 years old. uh, I mean, tells you how much money he has that he's able to go and get into business with Maury Gallagher, who, was able to fund his son's career for as long as he was driving and also Coke habit or whatever the hell drug he was on um, until he quit. And then they ran all those trucks. Now they're going to downsize the two trucks uh, and then they're going to run two full-time cup teams, which will be, Ty Dillon, they were talking about the 94. Mike Beam talked about, oh, we're running the 94. Well, that went away. Now they're going to run the number 42 uh, for Ty Dillon in a font similar to what his dad, what, what I mean, what Richard Petty's legendary father, Lee Petty, r- ran. And then Eric Jones will be in the 43. Uh, they announced crew chiefs and some of the other stuff as they went along. So that'll be cool. At least I got rid of that stupid swoosh. That Richard Penny Motorsports ad which was annoying it'll just be the number and now they've moved the number behind the front wheels so it looks kind of goofy but whatever um swoosh there yeah so it looks I mean the Focus Factor car looks kind of garbage but whatever I at least if Eric Jones is more competitive it's positive uh I think that's what Richard had, the Mister the King was talking about. Uh, that he's happy that now they're going to actually have a chance to possibly be more competitive. I was thinking about it in my mind. When was the last time that Richard? Petty's car, the 43, was truly uh, somebody that you could think about uh, on a weekly basis. And I think to Bobby Hamilton, late Bobby Hamilton, that was like 1997. Um, it was the last time I could really think about the 43. It was out there and you could say, oh, yeah, they have a chance to win. Um, they won, uh, what, two more races, one with the late John Andretti, one with Eric Almirola. The last race they won was 2014, Rain Shorten. They got a second place in the 500 with Bubba. In 18 or 19, whatever, yeah. 18, I think. The
1: well, you're forgetting about the races that Casey Kane won when they merged with uh Evernham yeah, in I 09, mean, those don't really count, I know, but yeah, yeah gotta say, you know, yeah,
0: yeah. I, I get that, and that's one thing I was gonna say, yeah, Candy but, Kane, when, yeah, we don't even think of that Bud Washer car, yeah, the number nine when it was Gillette Evernham, Rapetti, Gillette, whatever the fuck they call that, but oh, uh, I mean, that was. A weird time uh i mean richard patty said he was never gonna go and be a part of a team that had a beer sponsor he didn't put beer sponsors on his car and then in the end the bud car was being run out of his his team so i i don't know um but i mean i i guess the initial takeaway josh what are you thinking now that maury gallagher and uh mr the king Will be connected in the return of the 42 to the Petty fan, the Petty team after uh, many years uh, being away with basically Felix Sabatis.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think for uh, GMS, it gives them a little bit of credibility, partnering up with the, you know, that's still one of the biggest names in in the sport. For Petty, it gives him a chance to still continue his namesake in the sport without completely uh, giving it up. Because I think initially when we saw this announcement, it sounded more like, oh, they're selling out and saw some fan renderings of the 43 being stylized in the uh, initial GMS font that, uh, that they used for the what was the 94 car for Ty Dillon now being the 42 in the Richard Petty uh, font and the petty enterprises font. So uh, allows them to continue the history of the uh, petty name in the sport uh, being involved and allows them to kind of bring back their heritage with the 42 and the 43. Uh, so that's going to be interesting. And then, you know, I saw petty being at the uh, Oakland Raiders game at Allegiant stadium in Las Vegas. Oh, yeah, I called them Oakland Raiders. They're still Oakland Raiders to me, but um, the, yeah, the Las Vegas Raiders now. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's hard to that, that
0: slips. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But like saw him there, I guess he was talking with uh, Dabo Sweeney. And then first I was like, Oh, why, why is he there? And then I was like, Oh, cause uh, they partnered up with uh, GMS and that's their, their deal over there. So he's being a guest of uh GMS uh, with Maury Gallagher um, at that Oakland Ra- or Las Vegas Raiders game. There we go again. But um yeah it just i think it's a good partnership for them and of course on the technical side of the, side of things i think with um gms um i think they probably have a little bit more connections uh, with some other teams in the sport i mean i think um i think they still have some connections with childress or whatever and uh, some other teams uh so i think uh allows yeah. them the the um you know financial resources and the uh you know the engineering research i guess to be able to partner up with other teams and certainly for uh car count numbers um you know it gives them the 43 car more uh, ability to share uh information with uh their teammate now the 42 and allow them to be able to you know get data and all that stuff and improve on each other and certainly um allows them to be a little bit more competitive so we'll see if it's actually true you know title and not the best driver but certainly uh can hold his own when they have a good car. So I uh, think he's the better talented uh Dylan brother, uh, then Austin Dylan there just uh, didn't have the same luck. Yeah, but uh, so we'll see what happens there. But uh should be an interesting partnership and we'll have to see uh, what kind of sponsorship that they have uh, for the number 42 cars. Focus Factor probably won't last long and then think uh, 42 They in the announcement, they still had it with uh, the Petty uh, logo on that car with the 42. So we'll have to see if they get a long-term partner, if uh, they get self-funded with Legion. Wouldn't be surprised if that happened.
0: Yeah, because I think Ty Dillon had a connection to the GMS team uh, running the Xfinity program a couple of years ago. Uh, I'm not so sure about the trucks, but I definitely remember him running a 23 car uh, in the Xfinity program. So that'll be uh, cool. Mike Beam, I didn't know. That's one thing I just learned looking on jsky.com that Mike Beam was the crew chief uh, for Kyle Petty when he drove the number 42 at... Patty Enterprises for a couple of few years, however many years, of two years he was there, two or three years he was there before he went over to the Wood Brothers. That's something I didn't know him today until today. So that's one thing I'll say I learned today. And Mike Beam has been around the sport a long effing time. Uh, uh, Armando, as uh, um, what do you call Justin Marks likes to call him, for most of us, he's Mr. 305, Mr. Worldwide, darling. Uh, Pitbull will uh, perform uh, a concert before the Clash at the Coliseum. Uh, there's also announcements uh, with Bubba Wallace be on e- E60, so it's going to set the MAGA morons off um McDonald's is going to sponsor more races for Bubba in 2311, uh, including the Daytona 500. Uh, the Fastenal sponsorship will be on Brad Keselowski's number six, along with the uh, 17 of Chris busher They're doing more of a black, a strictly a black and blue base. So that's interesting. They, they alternate, so the blue. So they'll have a blue hood for the 17 and they'll have a black one for the 6. The 6 has been restylized for Brad um, now that he is part owner of the race team. And so there is those are some of the things you see over there Um, in terms of Xfinity news, uh, you know, favorite of a lot of people Landon castle it sounds like based on some rumors a crypto company is connected to him that might be uh, able to get him into a xfinity ride with colleague racing uh, which would be cool because landon has never really had a shot in top equipment to be fair um, outside of like when he was running for uh, junior motorsports it isn't the junior motorsports that we know today um jason jarrett Uh, son of Dale, grandson of Ned, will be uh, spotting for Kurt Busch in Cup and Josh Berry in the Xfinity Series. Um, For Josh, of course, Dale Jr.'s scheme for the one race he'll run next year in Xfinity has been posted. Uh, Josh Williams is going to run for B.J. McLeod in the 78 car, and that was a picture, the two of them together, it seemed like they were a WCW tag team. Um, which I guess is on brand for both of them So it makes sense um, That'll be a good look I think that's some of the best equipment uh, Josh Williams has had So he might have a chance I mean it was the Xfinity Series you With the removal of um, Austin Sindrick I feel like it might be deeper because you're going to have Josh Berry for a full season. You're going to have Sam Mayer for a full season, Ty Gibbs for a full season. You know, you also have yeah, Harrison Burton's leaving. You have Daniel Hemrick moving to a different team uh, along with A.J. Allmendinger. It's going to be hard to make the playoffs, even though it's 12 spots. So we'll see about all that. Um, trucks. Uh, what is it? Chris Wright uh, has uh, announced. They've announced that uh, he's going to join Nice. Was it the Hill brothers? So that's uh, what do you call Timmy, Timmy Hill? Hill. And Tyler Hill will run Toyotas. Uh, they'll run two trucks as well. So that'll be um, was it. Was a Timmy's and uh, Tyler plans two season full times in a goal. So they'll run full season. Timmy's and Tyler are gonna you know run. They'll run the full season. They'll run a second truck. So that'll be cool. Uh, fan favorite great sim racer um and dave gilland yeah we said was it that's last weekend yeah, david gilland's gonna run three three trucks or whatever with haley deegan knob gobbler haley deegan um most popular driver and um yeah lucas oil raceway now um, been it's hard for me like you were talking about raiders oakland raiders all uh, they've had so many names for what is now back to indianapolis raceway park i just call it irp i don't care what the hell yeah, it, same. and now it's now it's the irp again uh, It just has the lucas oil name on the front of it but it's irp so that's good um i guess there was a whole lot there in regards to the nascar side is there anything that stood out to you in regards to any announcements that came out josh or anything you want to kind of get more detail on before we get into the indy car side i mean not really i mean there's kind of just like
1: the normal winter news i mean don't know if you mentioned dale jr you know announcing his car for uh martinsville so good it did. Paint scheme there okay yeah he did so um yeah paint paint scheme there looks pretty nice uh look forward to see what dale jr is able to do at martinsville in the uh, xfinity car uh, it's got a good track record in Cup series. So I uh, look forward to see what he does there in Xfinity Carfers, uh, you know, once a year start uh, in that series. And then, yeah, I mean, pretty much everything else, some um, Lucas Oil Raceway, I mean, it's uh, yeah, we still call it that and we got used to that. And now it's going back to IRP with the Lu- Lucas Oil uh, prefix in front of that. So it should be interesting. They should have been back at that track should have never left uh, and gone to the big track. Uh, should have stayed there but you know other than that uh, pretty pretty much a uh, typical uh, off-season news uh, for all three series mostly
0: yeah that's and I think there will be more stuff trickling out as we go along I think when we come back from the Christmas break and New Year break it will take there will probably be some more uh, stuff because the clash comes up in early February anyway so you know truck series stuff hasn't been announced there's some Xfinity stuff that hasn't been announced so we have to hear about all of that uh the uh IndyCar series uh the what do you call NTT data IndyCar series we've got I think the big news of today was uh Paul Tracy um noted necklace um dimwit and uh, uh purveyor of a lot of um theories um got dropped by NBC. Um the way they're selling it is well, they weren't able to work with his schedule in that he was gonna run SRX and possibly run LMP three cars. The I have a hard time believing that considering Townsend Bell drove a GT car for the last however many years and they were able to um work with his schedule. Um it's probably it's code indicative of they didn't want him anymore and they want James Hinchcliffe. Um which makes sense because it's an immediate improvement not an improvement in regards to total results and championships and all that but james hinchcliffe is actually good he's a better at the job he's a better announcer he cares he's not a dick um that's it might cost us a guess but the reality is that's why they got rid of him. they want to pro they want to actually upgrade the booth give a little bit more gravitas um considering they're going to be running more races on nbc um so in the end, they're trying to, and it's it sounds like based on what Marshall Pruitt's saying, there might be some people that have been around for a while. Hopefully it's Jan Bikis coming back. Yeah, he needs to um, come back too. And that would be a really good, that would continue to like build up a great um, team. I'm kind of thinking that Kelly Stavis after the whole LGB garbage, um, she might end up just getting switched over there and they might find like Heather, they might move like Heather to bow or. One of those other ladies that are um, running that are covering NASCAR, uh, you know, either on radio or whatever, might move them onto the T V side, might move Dylan Welsh up too. Um, he'd well deserved a Congrats to him and uh um what do you call what's her name? Hannah Newhouse on their engagement. Um fact is Dylan Welsh is a pretty good midget car racer and Hannah's a good stock car racer, so that's uh, great to see those two um, getting will be able to tie the knot. I would like to hear uh, Vince Welsh's speech and hope it would be anything close to the gar- the, the his gateway call with um, Ross Chastain because you wouldn't know if he was having a stroke, taking a shit, or pissing himself um, with that call. Um, it was a Jack Aiken tested. You had Nick DeVries, the defending Formula E world champion. People were butthurt about him being part of auto sport driver of the year. Like, I guess the uh, Kyle Larson Zealots couldn't understand how he could be ahead of him. Uh, He led the set pace in his debut at Sebring. So, I mean, there is that, um, attempt to return to form downsizing his calendar what the heck was he doing other than oh so he's not going to run
1: the off-road stuff and spo- yeah, sports, off-road cars sports cars for yeah. alexander rossi there try to just yeah. focus totally on indie cars and try to get back to that and possibly win second indianapolis 500 and try to finally get the indy car title that uh we thought maybe he would have gotten by now
0: yeah and like I was, uh, and that's, I mean, that's a good point. That's what I figured. But according to Vassar, um, Vassar is full-time yeah. Um, so they're not going to run. So Vassar and Sullivan are not going to run this coming year. Um, they are, or they might try to deal with other teams for this coming year, but they don't know for sure. David Malukas is going to end up, uh, driving one of those cars as i said the runner-up in the indy lights championship last year uh will be in the flagship 18 uh the 19 car what has become the 51 car we don't know who's going to be in that one um as of yet for uh vassar sullivan um you know talking about stories about how all these tests all these drivers that are in the indycar series are running the 24 hours of Daytona. Um, yeah, it's going to be 24 hours of IndyCar there IndyCar, yeah, that's what that's the story that Pruitt put up there um, is a, I mean, Nick DeVries led Callum Lot, Stoffel Van Dorn, his, team, his teammate at Mercedes EQ And uh, Jack Aiken uh, for Formula 1 test driver, Formula 2 driver you Know so there's that's all Cal Miloz, another guy who's been in Formula Two, who's gonna run next year full time for Junkos Hollander. Um, so it's interesting to see all these Formula One guys there. Um, they're talking about it, the rumor might be able to uh run in IndyCar. It looks like Nick DeVries has connections to Toyota in uh. WEC. So that could go and affect his availability um for a possible IndyCar opportunity. But I guess the Vassar Sullivan thing going away is not great. But then also, you consider their situation in sports car. It seems like a lot of things are changing there because they've had a good sports car program with the Lexus. But, you know, there's a lot of changes going on in general. They're not, they're out of IndyCar, at least temporarily. But you know i figure they're gonna whether it's at carpenter racing because they need to to get they need sponsorship for the 20 car um to run it uh, you think that that might be a place a landing spot so that ryan hunter Ray could stay on the grid uh i'm trying to think of who else is out there that isn't really solid on sponsorship i mean the yunkos team is need sponsorship uh for Calum Ilot, lot uh but I don't know. I I, I mean, I've never really been keen on Jimmy Vassar. He seems like a tool Um, ever since he got out of the car and became an owner. uh, I mean, people talk about Schmidt in that same way too. There's been stuff about him. Now he's like the executive chairman, like he's got the figurehead role at the McLaren IndyCar team. Um, Same kind of way. I mean, I guess it's similar to what Petty's doing, Mr. King's doing with Maury Gallagher's team, but um. Other than that, I mean, it shows you how good and deep the IndyCar series is. Where these Formula One, Formula E drivers, guys who are world champions, are wanting to drive an IndyCar and actually compete in this series, um, and that's that's why it's so competitive. It's why uh, Jimmy Jim Johnson had such a hard time uh, coming to uh, to IndyCar and uh, competing. And in his mid 40s you can't it's no joke you have to be on your a game to run well in IndyCar car and uh, possibly compete for a championship yeah now you, go ahead
1: no i mean you well i guess what i was going to say was like um because i was just saying yeah go ahead but like no i mean actually what i did want to say is like you know for the indy carvers formula one the uh indy you know the formula one fe formula two drivers coming over here they actually have a chance to win uh here but you know in the, Formula One don't really have that chance unless you drive for Red Bull, Mercedes, even McLaren. Uh, if you're outside of that, or Ferrari, you don't really have a chance to win. You know, over here, America, at least uh, with the way the Formula works here in IndyCar, you actually compete and it still allows them to uh, win. While the best teams still win the championships, so there's that balance there. You know, with uh, Chip Ganassi Racing, Andretti, uh, Penske still competing for the IndyCar titles where. You may have that one-off race where a driver like Roman Grosjean or uh, you know any of those guys can still come up and uh, potentially win a race. So there's that balance and shows the credibility I
0: think and um, competitiveness of the series. Yeah, I mean Connor Daly led the most laps in the Indy 500 this past year, I think. So, and he drew that for ECR and uh, Reina's VK won a race. Uh, you have trying to think who else like one-off kind of. Guys I mean Padoward, that met that's a McLaren team now, so they're basically a pseudo big team. Uh you have uh, think, um, yeah, Marcus are yeah, that's Ganassi. Um like three the three full time Ganassi cars all won. Uh you know, and Penske. They had three drive or four drivers and three of them won. The Meyer Shank deal didn't have or had Haleo. Um Andretti. Trying to think of, um, did any, I don't think Andretti won or they didn't have a win this year, right? Yeah, Ryan Hunter Ray definitely didn't. I know, yes, Rossi didn't. Colton Herta. Oh, Colton Herta, sorry. Yeah. Colton Herta was the one guy. Yeah, he
1: was the one guy. Yeah. But other than that, they they weren't that good.
0: Yeah. And I mean, but you you could see like even there were days where Sebastian Bourdais, when he was driving a 14 car, which has been basically in the toilet, uh, was able to compete. And now that that's gone to Kyle Kirkwood, uh, because Andretti in for whatever reason didn't want to keep him and wanted to take Devlin D. Francesco's money, um, for whatever it's worth. But uh, that's the kind of depth you know, David Malucas of the first and second Indy Lights Championship are gonna move up. The guy who finished like fifth or sixth is or is moving up too. Um so there's a ton of talent that's coming into this series, so it shows you the value of of running really well and actually trying to be competitive and make things happen in regards to uh the gsp roundup uh, more or less i think the last roundup we're going to be doing for a little bit bathurst 1000 took place uh last uh, weekend at uh at mount panorama and it was Chaz mostert who set the lap record uh, 203, 2033 Uh, at on the mountain during the um, during the um top ten shootout. Uh, that's gonna be for thousand. Uh, yeah, Lee Holsworth, 18 start, Bathurst. Yeah, so Lee Holsworth ends up. Getting the win as a co driver in the Bathurst 1000 and Moffitt, yeah, yeah it's Dave T. Uh, all Walkinshaw's records. Winners and losers, Repco, Bathurst 1000. I want to read that in regards to the race results. Um, that's, yeah, so the full results had Chas Mostert and Lee Holdsworth driving for Walkinshaw and Dreddy United racing. Uh, win over Cam Waters and James Moffitt in the number six Monster Energy Ford for Tickford Racing. Brody Kostecki and David Russell and the Erebus Boost Mobile Holden number 99 finished third. The legend duo of Jamie Wincup and Craig Lowndes. Jamie Wincup in his last race um, before he becomes a team principal finished fourth, and he finished uh, what is it six seven seconds behind Mosser and Holdsworth. I think the margin of victory was like 3.8 seconds for Chaz for Mossard Holdsworth over Waters Moffat. Uh, Bryce Fullwood and Warren Luff, the top five. Fords didn't have, other than the six car, uh, only trying to look at it, two, three, four Fords in the top 10. Uh, the Davidsons or Davisons in the 17. Uh, Dick Johnson car started, what is it? Uh, sixth and finished 10th. The Trying to get into who else is there. Tim Slade and Tim Blanchard started fourth and finished ninth. Everybody else are Boost Mobile Racing, the Tickford Carver, Courtney and Randall moved up from 16th to finish seventh. So Percat, Dale with six. Courtney, Randall, seventh. Hazelwood, Fiore, eighth. Um, that's there. You get the top ten. Drivers not classified. Uh, the Scott Pied, James Golding, 20 car crash, the Zane Goddard, Ojeda, 35 had an accident, Anton Di Pasquale, Tony Alberto had issues, Brock Feeney and Russell Ingle, that was a off as well. And then Andre Heimgartner, Matt Campbell, I think had mechanical issues in that car, trying to think of So... Shane Van Gisbergen, Garth Tander, Shane Van Gisbergen, the champion of the series, and Tander, the former champion and Bathurst 1000 winner, started fifth, but they had mechanicals, had issues. So that was the championship, uh, the last race of the Supercars championship. Moving into the 2022 year. Uh, winners probably Red Bull and then Shell V Power and yeah, Will Brown Jack Perkins Yeah, they had problems uh, and then Team 18 yeah so those are winners and losers the um, was it Zach Brown is uh, going to be able to drive uh, the looks like a Decon Monza of yeah the Alan Moffitt, uh alan Moffitt's chevy yeah so decon chevy decon monza um in the imsa series in 1975 wow who knew that um so that's that'll be cool for my who dovetails his running in in supercars with um, sports cars and gt3 outings so we'll see if he comes back over to the other side of the grid thinking, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Eight, eight, eight. yeah shane rain gives is running 97 uh, it's the same thing and that's one thing that i i, I don't know about you josh i i find it kind of sad that's gone away in racing uh not nah, these drivers want to keep their number and i know that there's the identity in the merch and all but i also think it's cool when you're the champion you run the number one i mean in nascar you can't really do that but in other series you can and it's not like somebody's going to take your number anyway that's your number really uh it would be cool to have seen lewis win some of these world championships with the number one on his car but he hasn't because he's committed to 44. Similar to MotoGP, all these world champions won't run the number one. Now, like supercars, won't run the number one. I I always remember looking at the number one plate. You know, they always talk about it in Supercross getting the number one plate, and that's one place where they definitely run it. Um, they also go and identify the points leader with a red backing too but i don't know what you think about that i mean i know that it it's cool especially in world motorsport to run the number one i think it speaks to all the work you did all the effort it takes for all those people to make it happen i think it's recognition it's something that's worthwhile Uh, but it doesn't seem like drive drivers want their own identity, I guess, in the new age, um, they want to keep their numbers SVG is going to keep the 97. So, um, I'm assuming, uh, next year they might run the 88 or 888. I don't know how it'll be for the Ampol team, but, uh, they're going to be running Chevy Camaros and all that. So, uh, I mean, I think uh, I don't know what you think about the numbers. I know in iRacing when you run, uh, depending on the race, or fixed or not fixed, like they give you numbers. But uh...
1: yeah, so and I mean in iRacing, that's based on the ranking that you have, whatever your they, they call it the i rating, whatever your i rating is relative to the field. That it's basically like the order. Like whereas the highest i rating gets number one, and then whoever has the lowest one, you know, gets whatever the lowest number that the game generates or whatever. So that's how that works. But yeah, and I I didn't really know about the number one concept. Uh, I guess with giving the champion or the points leader number one uh, until like I started paying attention more to IndyCar and you know kind of the history of that in Formula One because you know it's never been a thing in NASCAR because you know the number has always been your identity. You know, we think of twenty four Jeff Gordon number eight and then eighty eight Dale Jr. and then you know three of course Dale Earnhardt you know forty three Richard Petty and all that stuff. But uh, you know until I started watching IndyCar and uh, Formula One started kind of looking at the history and they don't really do it as often in IndyCar, only, only some of the teams, you know, you only see like Penske. I think is maybe one of the few teams that actually kind of goes with that concept because, uh, Scott Dixon has been number nine since he started in the number nine car. Yeah. I don't think they've ever changed that number to uh, go along with that concept. And, uh, you know, I think I first learned about it when kind of like looking at Alex Zanardi's career and, I think he was number one for a few years and they said, yeah, normally champion drivers uh, get number one the following year. It's like, Oh, that's kind of cool thing. So, yeah, it's, I guess, yeah. In world motorsport, it's more of a tradition. Yeah. And definitely honors you for the year, but then I guess you can also understand drivers, individuals wanting to keep their branding and keep that consistently um, so that I guess people don't, get confused uh you know with what their number actually is uh you know you know it's only one year or whatever but certainly you know you always want to keep the same number whatever your number is but you know i guess it's just one of the traditions that's kind of died away over time
0: yeah, and it's i guess social media the way things are now but it's i guess I'm, I'm i'm a i'm a old codger i'm an old school guy i like watching people run the number one ryan hunter ray ran the number one the whole entire year after he won his indy car title uh, no, no way. Other people can. I think New Garden did. Um, I'm, I'm trying to just do it off the top of my head. Who did run and who doesn't? I know uh, Scott Simon Dixon never has Pagino. Um, Power didn't oh no Power did no, yeah all did, the Penske guys all the Penske guys in IndyCar have because Penske's into that yeah uh, uh, Dixon has not and I'm trying to think I don't think Alex Pelot is going to because I don't Dario didn't when he won all those championships with them too so I think uh but Vassar and Zanardi did when they were running for and also Juan Pablo Monterrier yeah did um prior to that. So
1: yeah, I don't think it's social media stuff either. I think it's also the sponsorships and stuff like that. They want to yeah. keep the branding the same there too. So it's you know not just a social thing, you know, branding because that's branding too, but you know, the, the you know the dollars and all that stuff coming from the big companies. They probably want their teams to be the same number, keep the consistency for the branding, build that identity over time and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I get it. I guess I just harken for the old days when there were more number ones on the track that weren't just like a set number one we'll get into um, formula two here Uh, Robert Schwartzman is going to drive for Ferrari in the postseason test in Abu Dhabi Uh, Richard Vashor is going to replace Enzo Fittipaldi after his injuries we're glad um, that he's going to be okay Jack Hughes is going to return with HWA um, in regards to the Standings, Oscar Piastri is the um, Formula 2 world champion over Robert Schwartzman and Guan Yu who's going to go to Alfa Romeo. Uh, Dan Dick Tantrum, fourth. Teo Pocher, fifth. Yuri sixth. Daruvula, Jan Liam Lawson, Felipe Drogovic, and Rit are your top ten. Going into the last... Um, does, why does that say oh, there's schedule. So let me see. Formula 2 is running this weekend in uh, Abu Dhabi. And I thought that that was the finale, but I may be wrong. I don't know. I'm trying to check over here in regards to that calendars and results. No, it's the last race. I don't know. That's an issue on motorsport.com. In Jetta last week, Marcus Armstrong won the first sprint piastri won the second sprint along with a feature race but piastri is going to end up sitting at home or sitting in formula two instead of uh winning or going up to formula one and schwartzman second you'll get those tests of ferrari of course joey said he's gonna go up uh to alfa romeo the so we'll see what happens with that there's some driver changes trying to and it's the track changes which we'll get into now so The Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, um, I kind of said what I was thinking about it, but there are changes to the track, Josh. Um, There's going to be, it's going to be altered a little bit in regards to the track uh, layout they're going to make from, instead of having a chicane between turn four and whatever now is that hairpin turn five, They're just going to have that straight run out from turn, or more or less a straight run out. I mean, it's a fast run out from turn one all the way to turn five, hard braking. And then they changed six and seven, um, or after the six, seven chicane. Now that's the same. Um, I think they reprofiled turn nine uh, to go and make it a little bit more easier to get through. Well, two DRS zones. Um, It's not known as a great racetrack. There haven't been very many compelling races there. But in the end, a world championship is going to be decided. And um, I guess, um, what do you think here? Do you think, uh, is it going to be Max or is it going to be Lewis? What are you looking for? From uh, this weekend, not only from those two drivers, but everybody that's on the grid. Kimi Raikkonen's last Formula One race. So um, God bless all the vodka bottles that are going to be used up between now and uh, the end of whatever the Abu Dhabi weekend, since he's going to be drunk off his ass. And God bless him, former world champion, Uh, mainly because Ron Dennis is an idiot, but. Yeah, and Lewis would have eight world championships if that wouldn't get okay too. But whatever, I'll I'll let that go. He's a world champion. He drinks vodka. He parties hard. Oh, he's yeah, partying
1: hard. Still with the good family and all that. So I don't think. But you now with the uh, the track changes itself. I mean, they say the idea is to improve overtaking. Whether we actually see that remains to be seen. Um, but if it does, I mean, it could make this Grand Prix very interesting. Uh, especially depending on, the, I guess the, the cars that both the Red Bull Mercedes bring for Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen, if they both kind of have equal cars, which, you know, have no idea, but you know, if there's a point where both of them are kind of like on the same type of pace and, and you're not really sure who's going to come out of it in front, uh, could see mo- multiple opportunities pass within the corner. I mean, could be possible. We'll see what happens. Um, definitely looks a lot, uh, more in, in the realm of making it easier to pass. So see what happens in uh, a lot wider corners, not as much uh stop and go kind of thing. Uh, so uh, it's going to be an interesting race, uh, interesting deal there. I mean, I think, um, you also want to lean towards Mercedes because they have the momentum with this. Uh, they have the history at this racetrack probably should have won this race last year. Remember they uh, ran it and George Russell had his deal when he replaced Lewis Hamilton uh, and should have won that. Uh, but they had the botch pitch strategy there and should have won that one and said, max for stopping wins that drives away from the field uh, to win that one. And that's the only success that uh, they had really at this racetrack. Cause uh, other than that, they haven't really ran all that well and maybe cuz they were already eliminated by that time uh with with Max you know in, in his history alone they were eliminated at that time and uh Verstappen or Lewis always had to win or finish second because always uh had to keep the title in play and either secure the points championship or um you know whatever so uh, it's going to be an interesting race and uh i think Mercedes they have the history like i said but Red Bull this year the challenger so it's going to be interesting uh I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lean towards him. You already picked Max so early in the show, but I mean, I, I think Lewis has the momentum behind him and uh, he wants that eighth title. He uh, wants to put his name, to, you know, because that's the one thing he needs to uh, outright say he's the greatest ever. You know, he's currently tied with Michael Schumacher, has the most wins, but needs to ha- absolutely have the most titles. So he wins this weekend, eight titles, 104 wins, so... Uh, I would qualify you as being the greatest Formula One driver of all time, and certainly greatest in this era. So that's what he needs to do, and we'll see what kind of driving tactics uh, both these guys have. Expect them to release for Lewis to be clean for the most part, and I think Max. We'll see what happens. Could be a, a you know dart without feathers, like Tony Stewart said about David Reagan, Martinsville two thousand six. So we'll see what happens there, or if uh, Max does the the ultimate thing and goes and. Uh, pulls off the of and incentive. So we'll see, you know, if there isn't a gap, if, you know, you're no longer a racing driver. You don't go for a gap that doesn't exist, uh, whatever that quote was. So Suzuka, 1990, 1989, whatever it was. So, um, you will see what, what happens there. And, uh, if that actually happens, which hopefully it doesn't, hopefully he has enough, at least enough smidge of sportsmanship to not have
0: to resort to that kind of tactic. Yeah. If you, if you no longer go for a gap, you're no longer a racing driver was what, uh, Ayrton Senna said to Sir Jackie Stewart, um, because Sir Jackie Stewart accused him of crashing in everybody. But then also, Jackie Stewart had a bias for Nigel Mansell, um, and he was part of the British. I don't know if he was part of the British feed or if he was part of Australian feed when they interviewed him. Uh, when Senna went and did what he did at Suzuka 1990. Um, the year before, Alan Prost didn't try to make the corner um at that chicane i mean it was an audacious maneuver that Senna made uh, It was something that only you know somebody of his ilk could try and do uh, but all the kind of stuff that went on with that 1990 was a michael schumacher at adelaide 94 after he hit the wall and uh, basically similar to what lewis did didn't know what to do kind of got brake tested and whatever in the same way Damon Hill was like, what's going on? He's slowing down, whatever. I'm going to go past him. And he drove right into him. Cost his suspension, cost uh, Damon Hill World Championship. Uh, now, the have recent story that they didn't even want him after 95, which is interesting. He went out in 96 and won the World Championship at Williams. Then you have uh 97 when just Shaq. Villeneuve was uh, uh, in the Williams. They were doing stuff in qualifying where Ferrari was with Eddie Irvine to block him. And then in the race, uh, Jacques Villeneuve was able to go and have enough pace where he caught Michael Schumacher. And Michael Schumacher crashed into him to try to prevent him from the world championship. But in the end he the the Williams car was fine Uh, he was able to drive through but in he also let go of positions which in turn basically made David Coulthard a number two driver because he ended up giving Mika in his first win Um, I mean to be fair I'm curious to see if those changes will make a difference in the track I'm not so sure if it will or not Um, I've been picking Max because I don't know if it's a reverse mojo thing I keep on doing that, and I think uh, some weeks you've been – Josh, you've been picking Lewis, but other weeks you picked Max, we go and agree. But I feel like at the end of the day, they've done all this. They had the better car most of this year. The rake is lower, all that. Max is – been had questionable decisions all year and for many years but he's also driven very well at other times uh, that's why i feel like he's gonna win it um, they're slow po- slow playing it sandbagging it and they're just gonna come out and win uh, the race um that's if he wants to win the race if he wants to make sure lewis doesn't finish i feel like max is capable of doing that too um it'll put in a theoretical asterisk around it if he has to run over run into lewis in the final race to determine it They're like well he did that and he went and ran over him at silverstone it's july at least uh max was able to go and respond and put himself in a place to compete um i'll say max um in regards to the podium only like max lewis uh and I'll just go with the wild card and I'll go and say Daniel Ricciardo in third to finish out his season. But yeah, that's, that's the formula one. I mean, in the, all those other points, battles are not, you know, as big of a deal after we ran through them. So uh, I'm going to switch to you, Josh, in regards to the NFL, you can go and rant about uh free James Robinson. You can rant about um, because I went off on a tirade, so I'll, I'll let you go off on the tirade on your Jacksonville Jaguars.
1: Yeah, yeah, this was, um, th- yeah, th- I don't know what to say because, like, with the Jaguars, like, I mean, it doesn't really matter about the, the game itself, they lost 37 to 7. I mean, uh, a lot of the issues they've had throughout the year no offense, um, whatever, but um, we knew all of that coming in that they were going to struggle playing against the Rams defense. Uh, Jalen Ramsey, this is his revenge. Well, it's not really his revenge game anymore because the people that uh, managed him back in 2019 when he left the team and when he got traded are no longer there. Doug Marone, he's cool with him, but he's no longer there. Dave Caldwell uh, had already been uh, fired a year ago, so it doesn't matter. But now um, Urban Meyer uh, is in this 12 games or so into his Jaguars coaching tenure and has already managed to angry, make everybody angry. The team is worse than what it was a year ago. Uh, I mean, even though they only had one win, at least um, they were competitive and they had uh, something and, and there are some parts that are competitive here. The defense is uh, I think better from a a schematic standpoint and somewhat of a a game or um, execution standpoint, but um, it's still uh, the offense is not where it needs to be. And overall, I think, it's very devoid of talent uh, as a team. And I think if Doug Marone were still a coach would have uh, five or I would say five wins, but we would have at least a handful of wins. We would have definitely more than two wins. I'd say at least four wins um, Doug Marone, if he were the coach of the Jaguars uh, he would have and still not great, but at least maybe Trevor would be a lot better, uh, in a lot better position than he is now. Cause Charlie Lawrence has regressed. He has, uh, not played as well in recent weeks. Offense has struggled. I, I you know, pre pre snap, he's done a lot of good good things. Uh, been able to put the ball in the in the the correct areas. Uh, where he expected to go, where the play call expects it to go. But the problem is, is that they're giving him too much of a standard NFL offense. They're not helping him out like trying to create things overall, uh, which speaks to how Urban Meyer will get into Urban Meyer in a minute, but um, not being able to create things uh, because they, they gave me too much of a standard offense, um, which is good from processing perspective and, and being able to uh, evolve overall as a QB and being able to do all these things. But the problem is, is that they, Uh, don't have anything, they they can't get guys open and haven't been able to figure uh, that out schematically. And when you have Tavon Austin, when you have Marvin Jones, guys like that who haven't really done anything in their NFL careers, Marvin Jones has been kind of good, but he was better as the number two guy. um, And that's where he was allowed to flourish in uh, the Lions and on the Bengals. Now, uh, you don't have talent around you in wide receiver, no tight ends really. This is what you get with Charlie Lawrence uh, and should be performing a lot better But now, uh, the real problem is now that they have mismanaged James Robinson. James Robinson is the best running back Jacksonville has had since Maurice Jones drew. Yeah, they had Leonard Fournette for a few years, but Fournette uh, can't read uh, holes and everything and uh, can't uh, get as much yards as James Robinson. James Robinson does not have the speed, though, does not have the uh, home run so-called ability to uh, take – Uh, the ball down the field and uh, run with it and outrun an entire defense. Uh, He does not have that ability. And I think um, they have a bias. I think Urban Meyer has a bias against this. He does not like the fact that James Robinson, even though he can get yards, he can uh, get positive yards, never really gets tackled for a loss. He's able to um, still get first downs, get good yards, get, you know, five yards carry. He's got 5.1 yards to carry uh, for uh, the season. Uh, Still able to do all that, um, and, uh, everything, but he can't run, uh, down the field and outrun the defense. Um, and I think urban Meyer really is overstating the ability to have speed as a running back. Um, and James Robinson, always able to do is, I mean, what he's been able to do is just get pick up first downs, get chunk yards. That's what he's able to do. And you see when he runs, um, when he's able to do that, it's, it's really good. And he's able to, uh, just get whatever yards possible. So you're supposed to do as a running back and yet, uh urban meyer puts him on the bench for fumbling the ball when i mean it's not like he was careless with the ball he got literally got uh, removed from his hands by uh aaron donald there the second play of the game for on offense for the jaguars and now one of the uh, best players
0: in the league yeah
1: one of the best players in the league period and then takes him off the uh the field for like 20 plays and it happened again last or happened last week for like 20 plays as well when he fumbled there and when you only have like one really good offensive player that can maybe give you hope outside of the quarterback, and you take him out and put in your, you know, buddy Carlos Hyde, who probably should the only reason why he's in Jacksonville again is because Urban Myers is college coach at Ohio State back in you know 2014, whatever. And now, uh, you know, he's been in the league for a while. He's kind of just a you know, whatever player. And now you have James Robinson who could play, but now he puts takes him out and uh, keeps him out for 20 plays. And then later on at the end of the game, like he's got like, what I think he only had like five carries uh, before the two minute warning. And then they gave him like three carries at the end of the game and they're like, Oh, he was injured, but then they put him back in and then, Oh, they took him out and put him back in whatever, And just a total mismanagement of, of uh, James Robinson. And uh, it, showed on on Jaguars all access on Monday he was interviewed by a couple of the Jacksonville media and they asked him like you feel like you got benched and basically he was like yeah I feel like I got benched and everything just um kind of indicative of Urban Meyer's uh ability to coach and he says oh I don't want to mismanage anything well I mean when the best player on offense is in the game for no reason like I mean you got to step in and be like why is he in the game and he didn't do that he just kind of stands there and bowls over um with uh you know like he's um, you know, standing, standing like crouched over like that, like he always does. Um, for whatever reason, that's his body language, and um, always, you know, team doesn't look prepared. He doesn't look like he's prepared, and everything. Just like thought he could come in here, um, win, and be easy. And now he got caught because he doesn't know what to do. And now we're just kind of holding on till the end of the season. And you know, hopefully, hopefully, Shot Khan fires this guy, fires Balky I think one of them is going to leave. I think. Definitely is out the door. Um, if Urban stays, I think he's going to say, uh, Balky, you're out. And I kind of had that feeling at the beginning of the year that um, this might, or at least one of them would be out. Like they'd kind of just like, he'd kind of have the guy from the previous year to kind of figure out like, okay, who's who, you know, since Balky had already been there and uh, kind of get a sense of the roster and the, uh, the personnel and then throw him out and get his own guy and get what he really wants. So maybe that will happen. But I mean, from a coaching perspective and uh, from a, you know, the actual game perspective. I mean, there's nothing that Urban Meyer brings to this team. Um, he said he's a CEO coach, but yet um, he's out there um, not doing anything. And at the end of the day. Jalivanting
0: like, with co-eds.
1: Well, yeah, that's you. And um, should have been fired. I mean, I think plenty of guys would have fired for that alone, but um, you know, the Jaguars locker rooms uh, painted as own it. Um, you know, trying to own whatever he said, own it. We need to own it. Well, clearly Erd Meyer is not owning it and he keeps uh lying about the situation in press conferences saying he doesn't know what's going on. And then, then later on James Arvin says, Oh, I feel like it was benched. Well, I mean, can't, which one is it? I mean, do you bench him or you just don't know what you're doing? I mean, come on, let's uh, figure it out and uh, put him back on the field. So, um, you know, like James, I, I really like James Arbinson. He's a, I mean, he's not fast, like I said, but you know, he gets yards and it's everything. It's really good yeah so that's what you need you just need a guy who can produce he can produce and he has uh, one of the best yards per carry in the nfl and um if if you look at like yards per carry expected one of those you know stupid statistics that nobody really pays attention to unless you really really like football and really want to understand the numbers and analytics well he's like one of the best in terms of like expected yards per carry or something like that so um when he gets the ball, he rarely ever gets tackled for a loss. I mean, the guy before him, Leonard Fournette, plenty of times get tackled behind the line of scrimmage because he'd run into his own guy or couldn't find the right hole and got tackled behind the line of scrimmage. James Robson is able to at least get back to the yard scrimmage, yard, you know, play of scrimmage where, um, at least get it, you know, don't lose yards for the offense, which is what you're supposed to do. If you can't, um, if you can't get any yards, at least don't lose any yards. And that goes for both, you know, the quarterback, you know, get out of a sack or something like that, or uh, the running back, um, being able to make it back to the line of scrimmage. So uh, clear mismanagement of the entire team. Um, I hope he's fired at the end of the season. Um Had a lot of hope going into the season. Thought he'd bring credibility, you know, bring winning ways. But clearly, I mean, I, you know, it's like how the hell did he win two national championships at UF? How, how did he win at Ohio State? I mean, I feel like, uh, a lot of people's minds have been blown on how he's even able to do that. And the only reason why is because he was just able to recruit people and that's what he's able to do. Well, not working in the NFL because this is not college. And certainly, um, if he's still here, they're going to have a lot of problems recruiting people in free agency and just gonna be Trevor Lawrence and a bunch of nobodies, uh, here pretty soon. So we'll see. I mean, uh, I'm going to the game, uh, home game against uh, the Houston Texans. I'm gonna, uh, have a sign. I think I'm going to figure out how to get a sign, uh, paint or not painted, but print out a picture of Khan when he purchased the team, holding up a Jaguars ticket saying, this will be the hottest team or in town or hottest ticket in town. And it's been 10 years now since he's bought the team. And it's a, you know, we've had 10 losing seasons in 11 years or whatever now. So, um, and the the stadium is like half empty at best or half full at best, so uh, it's pretty sad from that standpoint. And you know the team sucks and still sucks. So at least back then we were still kind of average and everything. And now, uh, now like it's really bad. So uh, Trevor, if you if you want him to actually be good, get rid of Herb Meyer. If you want James Robinson to um, be a Pro Bowl running back, be a really good running back on this team, um, uh, fire Urban Meyer. So we'll see. You. So yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, is this the hottest t- uh ticket in town with the sign with the picture painted or printed on there? Uh, we'll see if I can do that. I mean, uh my Twitter picture is how is your Jaguars day game day experience? And it's got like the three happy or three faces, a happy face, uh medium face, and the sad face. I had the marker. Well, somebody else like took a marker, circled it, and then they drew some uh tears on it, you know, showing the sadness. And that's that's my Twitter picture uh, maybe bring that sign too and then gotta I'll, I'll tell you offline after the show uh, keep it secret right now but gotta I have an idea for a, I guess a fan costume that me and my friends were talking about the other night um, which should be exciting it might actually get us viral if it's ridiculous enough so uh, we'll, we'll we'll talk about that after the show and hopefully I can remember to do everything to prepare for all that so we'll see
0: <laughs> well got you well, we should um, yeah. we're, we're trying to bring on some bigger guests here i know on the sim side you've got that covered with the paint schemes we we'll probably gonna go and you could probably go and combine it we could go and do a combination of your costume and that pain scheme and that'll definitely go viral especially if you run up front um that's the thing i needed to give you equal time because after what i said about max for and everything so i knew you were not happy about what happened with uh your jaguars and the fact that urban meyer and with all the coaching changes i mean hell Mario Cristobal decided to leave Oregon where he's been winning 10 games a year to just go back to his alma mater randomly, but they give him $80 million. So yeah, sure. I would do that too. Um, You know, there's Lincoln Riley where some hillbilly um, state congressman is going to name like a three mile part or 0.3, like a three inch or three feet mile, really some, some nonsense. Like it was like three feet of a highway, the Lincoln highway, like Lincoln Riley highway, you know, like you could, (laughs) yeah and he dips yeah because it's he could have went to oklahoma i mean to be fair he should have went to oklahoma or he could have went to uh, some of these other sec jobs he could have went to lsu um he could have actually went back to what he's good at before his heart problems come into play again um he's gonna have heart problems and he ain't gonna ever win in the nfl um and shad khan and the khan family basically sitting there and letting that happen uh they're just basically wasting time and money um trent Balky is a horrible gm um as a 49er fan i remember his drafting style was draft guys who had torn acls and hope they come back uh, he did that with you guys this year at least with one guy i believe but he used to do that yeah, with ETN. one or two guys yeah and the etn didn't even get to play. I mean, he doesn't play James Robinson. So could you imagine he wouldn't play James Robinson or ETN? He's trying to get Trevor Lawrence killed back there. Well, with he's the awful
1: play yeah, calling I mean, too. Yeah. I mean, the play calling sucks, but I mean, yeah. I mean, I, th- I think with the uh, in ETN, like that's a perfect example. Like they needed a wide receiver. And they are like, Oh, we need speed. And they went and got a guy. I mean, yeah, Travis CTN's got speed, but, um, they could have just gotten a regular wide receiver. They could have picked, um, Elijah Moore or somebody like that, uh, with the 25th overall pick. And it's like, we, we traded Jalen Ramsey is now in the, the LA Rams and. um, I mean, I didn't like how it went down. Like he should still be here. I didn't like, but then the, the way he kind of uh, left uh, really rubbed me the wrong way. I was really kind of pissed about that at the time because uh, the way he kind of you know, portrayed his side of the deal. I mean, I didn't like how Tom Coughlin, Dave Cole did their end, but you know, I didn't like how Jalen left on on his part too. But now um, going back to that, like. They traded him. They got two first extra first round picks. And then I think like a fourth round pick. And the second, the first, first round pick Caleb on chase on, uh, he's turned out to be nothing so far. The second one ETN, uh, not, I mean, we, we don't know. It's not his fault, but we don't know, um, how he's going to be. It's like, you, you got like the worst value you could possibly get with, with that type of trade. And you know, the other first round pick from last year has already been traded again. So it's like the guy you drafted replacement him has already been gone. So like, like, what are you doing?
0: Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's when you don't, it's like a rudderless ship. The Niners for many years have been that uh, minus, you know, the couple of years, two, three years of Jim Harbaugh and um, one or one year with, with Kyle Shanahan uh, last week's game mm-hmm. against Seattle uh, really made me angry. It was also made me angry. Um, GK does this thing, 181 and two touchdowns, but Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't know how to throw to anybody else because he sucks. Um, He's mediocre. They didn't have Brandon Ayuk in the play game plan or you didn't throw to him. I'm like, are you kidding me? Other than George Kittle, he's probably your best offense. I mean, Trent Williams and George Kittle are in that elite level. Um, Ayuk... Was in the doghouse. Now he's out there. You don't have Debo Samuel. You have to go and freaking go to Brandon Ayu. You also lost Eli Mitchell to the concussion. So now, I mean, you need to be going to your best playmakers. I don't know what the hell he was doing. Um, Jimmy turned over the ball. The special teams turned over the ball. That's bad enough. I mean, the fact the refs were on the take and were calling everything on the Niners is beside the point because the fact is it's Seattle. You know, they need all the help they can get because they suck um, and they have a useless fan base. Oh. That loss was completely, it's just like most of the losses they've had in division. They could have beaten Arizona at least once out of those two games. You lose a fucking Colt McCoy. That's criminal. They had a chance in the game against Kyler Murray with Trey Lance. I brought it up multiple times on this show. I will continue to because I'm a Trey Lance guy. Um, they didn't bother to use Trey Lance. You just leave him on the bench. You have him active on the roster to sit there. What the fuck? Mr. Genius Play Caller. Use a fucking guy. Seattle's defense is all right. I mean, they're not great. The reality was it was a shootout, but the Niners did nothing in the second half. But the crazy part is after all of this, they're six and six, five games to go, going to Cincinnati. We're going to Cincinnati. We're going to Cincinnati. We're going to go to Cincinnati against Joey Burrow with the effed up pinky for, you know, with a chance to possibly go that extra game and possibly go and give ourselves a leg up into the playoff race um but man that was ugly Trent. there was an injury trenton cannon that was uh, what looked like a pretty bad injury but now he's they say he's gonna be okay um i mean there's been there was other things that went on i forget who else got there's a dirty hit on somebody that um seattle did and they just were celebrating i forget who that was but that that made me mad It was. It's. It's like they should have won that game. They win that game. We're in a different place, Niners. But you know, it's Niners. I've gotten used to it. Just going and pulling my heart, ripping the heart out of me. That's why they're six and six. They're a five hundred team. To be fair, considering what the last twenty years have been with the Forty Nine ers, where basically they've only won for maybe about six of those years. Being in a position to win in December, possibly get into the playoffs whatever that's going to land or mean uh, is meaningful. But you waste one of George Kittle's best performances, him tiptoeing down the sideline on the one touchdown. I mean, just running over people because he's George Kittle and he's not human. Um, it, I keep on saying whichever company in wrestling, whether it's Chad Khan's company, or the other one wants to run wants to hire him they should hire him he should be doing promo he should be cutting promos whatever i would sign for him because i'm a cm punk guy at AEW. let gk come in and they go and run and they do the same thing as like how they had a bash at the beach in 96 with like carl malone versus dennis rodman and freaking it was carl malone and ddp versus Dennis Rodman and Hulk Hogan. Like that's that that has to happen. I mean, that really should happen. I know there's a lot more restrictions or whatever, but could you imagine like George Kittle versus like Travis Kelsey? And they go and do something like that, that would be good stuff. I would buy that pay per view, um, but we'll see. Hopefully, they'll recover this week because that game was a disaster. That was that that was not good. But you know, they they might end up one in five in division, and they still might make the playoffs. So it tells you where the NFC is at. Um, speaking of playoffs, playoffs where um, Josh and I are both in the playoffs uh, in the Fall Brawl League. I'm not sure about your other league but you can mention that um I know that I'm in I'm in a position I mean there's a lot of teams in my other league that are in position to possibly make the playoffs it's my other league the league I won last year league that that appears in my my podcast you watch it on YouTube because it is on my YouTube page my championship is over here says 2011 on this one part because it was from 2011 when i won that league the first time and then on the other post on the little platform over here i wrote smoke hall of fame 2020 which was my team name and i wrote it over here see i'm gonna bring it over here i'll give it'll give us a reason to be on youtube the way that they have on grid talk so i'm trying to zoom in here yeah there you go smoke hall of fame 2020 that was my championship it tells you that no matter what's been going on in fantasy this year, I know how to win championships, but yeah, um, I'm a in trophy. a battle there. Yeah, it is. He, the guy did, uh, the guy was really into it, and he, he sent it. I'm like, are you kidding me? You give me this trophy. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams are battling for four spots. Um, I'm in fourth. There's seven teams, four spots. There's was it five teams at seven and six, two at six and seven. Um, so there's, and I beat the team that was leading, that's leading the league uh, this year. So the reality is, and I have like the second highest or third highest points or for no. I, so actually my team is not so horribly unlucky even though i beat the top team in the league i lost to the worst team in the league i beat ohio yeah they the team that that um the leading team is called ohio state i beat killed them last week and i lost to them in week two the team that's the worst team in the league i lost to though um so we'll see what happens with that Um, in this, in the fall brawl league, Josh and I are going to have the high points. I think between the two of us, I feel like we're going to go first and second, but we'll see what happens with that. I kind of think that Josh is going to beat me anyway. Um, so I'm already prepared for that. I mean, Josh talked a ton of shit, whatever it is for Josh. I mean, Josh is, is very, he's cool and calm and, but when he talks crap, it's very aggressive because you don't expect it and it's like it's very hurtful because he says it from he says it from you know it's like from the soul you know like he takes it out from the soul you know it seems like something like you would think from like uh you know they do in a wd like you cut a promo and he cut that promo all those weeks ago and it's still it still hurts but the reality is we've still been doing the show and we're still friends and the reality is i i already figure he's gonna win this week so that's fine i, I i'm locked into the playoffs so i know i'm gonna be in the playoffs the only thing i want to do is make sure that i'm not playing you again next week that's all i care about it, it, if we play each other in about three four weeks time that's fine if we're playing for a championship i could deal with that and then i'm gonna be drunk enough that i'm gonna say some fucked up shit and then at least i can defend myself but this week all right you you won that's fine but um you're you're third um even in double whatever the double point win thing whatever the fuck it is you're third and i'm fourth uh we have two of the best teams in this league we belong in the playoffs um i know that this is what you're looking forward to this team and your other team, because your actual team is not good. So,
1: yeah. So I guess I should probably ask you about this, but so the seating right now, I guess for fantasy, like, so Vic's in the playoffs, Wilson's playoff. I'm in the playoff now, and you're in the playoff. Um, So there's only four teams, right? That can go for the fantasy
0: championship in this league, right? Or is there any more? No, it's six teams. So we're playing next week. We're playing okay. next week, three top two teams get a buy. So you have a possibility actually of getting a buy if yeah, you win I'm, and stuff one, happens. Yeah, Wilson
1: okay. will. Yeah. Okay. I, I got you there. Okay. That makes makes sense, I guess. Yeah. Cause I thought it was going to be a, a four team, uh, yeah, a four team playoff and then everybody else just plays them, um, you know, for the consolation. Okay. That, 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 that works then. Okay. So there's that. And yeah. So yeah, last week, I mean, if I didn't lose, cause like, i don't know there's a there was one game that i yeah i think i lost to like nikki or somebody like that that i shouldn't have lost to. and then if i would have had that and i you know had beat wilson because uh new england patriots just went and put a number on buffalo bills on monday night football um i mean i'd be sitting in second right now so uh there's good chance i probably could have been sitting second uh if things had gone right for me and even the lead if uh you know everything went right there but you know second I think is a little bit more realistic there because I um first I'd have to take uh a few more losses away and you know there's mistakes and stuff. I mean I'd rather just factor in for one rather than several others. But um that yeah that's good in there. This is the league I paid money in so you know got to really try to win this one which kind of what I've been doing and um you know stacked up beginning of the season I think I was more wide receiver heavy and now this one uh now more uh running back heavy you know the 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 game changes and everything you know throughout the season we're down to december when defense matters more running the ball run, uh matters more uh, especially as you uh, head into the NFL playoffs so you know that was kind of the philosophy change there and is you know able to do that with you know a little bit of uh trades and finagling and all that stuff um so we'll see how that goes. And then my other league, uh, I do need to win to get in and I, I play my brother this week. Uh, so it's going to be a bit of a tough matchup because he's got the best team in in that league. And um, I, you know, I have to, I yeah I'm first in my division, but I got to win to get in because uh, the other guy behind me is only one game back and he wins, which is projected to win. And I lose, then that's it for me. And, uh be out of the playoffs because that's a 14 playoff there in a 13 team league and the rest is consolation uh there for the uh 13 team
0: league, what's what yeah. what where are you running it at
1: espn yeah it makes uh, sense it's
0: easy.
1: yeah yeah that's i mean i like yeah i mean i like espn's like some of so yahoo's um interface like i think is good but then like when you um when you play like when you're in the middle of the game and you want to see like the players like uh statistical like um stuff like when you when you see like it it gives you like what they did but then i want the point breakdown of like what they did to get those points
0: yeah i i hear you on that i i agree with that one
1: that's like the one thing that i like at least about the espn app is that um you can see the points breakdown of you know what points are scored for that individual team or player and then also like it is a little bit easier to see the uh the the uh, points or not the points but the nfl games like that are uh the scores that are going on because and you can click on it and get the the breakdown of the game and everything where uh yahoo like you click on it and then it's like it takes you to like the game highlights and then it tells you that you can't watch it because you're in the wrong region or whatever and but i mean that's small stuff though but i mean the yahoo app i think is a little bit overall is i think is way better uh than um esp in there but yeah gotta win and that league to get in this one still good, but, you know, always like to win and everything and definitely want to try to get, you know, all the, the winnings and everything and the, the, uh, the
0: championship belt and everything that's uh, going to be a cool little prize to have. Yeah. That's something I have to figure out how that's all going to work. The ring and the belt will actually, um, well, I'm hoping it doesn't leave my premises, but I'm kind of feeling like it will. I don't really want to pay the shipping. Um, if it is Vic, he can go and pick it up. Um, but because he's Vic he, it'll take him forever to get it. So in the end, it'll still be in my possession. Um, if it is Josh or Wilson, um, I'm a man. I'm 36. I'll, I'll send it. Um, it'll probably get there before the money gets there because I'm poor. But um, either way, in my case, and it comes to this thing, I mean, we made that one trade and it probably wasn't a good trade for me. Uh, but in the end, it's helped you uh i have the depth you know i have depth at uh, running back as well even with that trade if i i probably wouldn't have had to make the trade for Najee harris if i still had austin eckler but i made that trade um so now i have what is it what amounts to three or two definite elite running backs and aaron jones and Najee harris also have josh jacobs who decides to show up here and there i think he's been showing up more recently michael carter I don't know if I ever really got to play him before he got hurt. Uh, I, you know, Keen Allen now has got COVID. May come back, but it doesn't sound like he's going to. Mike Evans. It depends on the week with Tom Brady, same way as when he was a fucking Patriot. Patriot, he'd throw to certain people certain days. Uh, same with the running back, running game, which is why I like playoff Lenny going off with Tampa Bay makes is crazy to me because he's used to running a different running back every single week, the way he did in new England. Um, Russell Wilson hasn't really worked out as well as I thought he would, but he's not as bad as what I think the floor of Russell Wilson isn't as bad as what you would get with like Jalen Hurts right now. Um, I, I mean, Justin Jefferson, Keenan Allen, I drafted both of them. Uh, I drafted, I don't know if I drafted any of them. I don't I think I might have drafted Jacobs. I think I drafted Josh, or no, I didn't draft Josh, Josh Jacobs. All these guys I didn't draft. I had um, Derrick Henry and Austin Eckler as my running backs. Of course, I mean if I had Derrick Henry right now, I'm pretty sure this wouldn't be as much of a struggle. But even with Derrick Henry, uh Josh kicked my ass uh weeks ago. I'm looking I was looking at Josh's results so far at 9 and 4 and I mean he lost to Nikki. You lost, you split with Wilson and you lost to Nikki who had a high point score a couple of weeks ago. And then had 87 last week. Uh, Lost to Vic, which at the end of the day, I mean, everybody's losing to Vic. I split with him. And the loss to Luke, that's the one uh, a couple weeks ago lost to Luke who wasn't able to draft his team because he was coaching his uh, son's uh, flag football league. Uh, He finished in the top four last year. Uh, Josh also finished up there um, He was in the playoffs uh, last year You made, you were number two actually You actually made the bye yeah. And then um, knocked off Wilson But lost to Joe Who's had a lot of bad luck um, I ended up finishing fifth With a score that would have um, gotten me Into the final if I'd actually uh, made it But I was nowhere there in the consolation round uh what is it that's consolation there yeah. so I only had the one shot so it was the championship in the championship round they give you a fifth place game and I would have been able to in advance if I had had a chance and I would have probably I think I would have won uh Luke was in a position if he had made the final he got knocked off by Joe and if he had made the final he would have beat Joe if it it was the other way around. So, um, I mean, Josh is always coming through, doing his thing, um, and just pushing through. Yeah, I lost to Wilson. That's what it was. I think I I lost to to Wilson. Uh, Oh, no, I lost to Luke uh, last year, who then lost to Joe, who then lost, who won the league. And now Joe may or may not need help to make the playoff. But – We'll see what happens. We'll talk about it. We're going to talk about Formula One next week. We're also going to talk about football, talk about whatever else is on our mind. Um, Probably start doing our season recaps uh, coming up here for all the major motorsports uh next week uh before we go josh uh let us know about what the what's going on with iRacing racing the w12 mercedes being uh posted there i was already watching videos earlier this afternoon um regarding that because there's lots of people who post on youtube at that in regards to that car
1: yeah, definitely the iRacing uh season one for 2022 They just released the uh update uh this week, uh, all the different updates and then iRacing is releasing, um, which we I already known about this, but now it's coming out uh this week. The Mercedes W12 F1 car uh race this year. So you know, if Lewis Hamilton wins, you know, you can drive Lewis Hamilton's championship uh winning car in iRacing. So that'd be a pretty cool deal there. Um and it's the default paint job there, too. So, um, you can drive that around, and definitely going to be a lot of fun uh, driving that around. I might have to buy some more tracks though, because you know, I don't have spa, I don't have Monza on iRacing, so I'm gonna have to buy those tracks as well to do a little iRacing shopping spree or whatever. But you know, some, some of the other. Uh, road courses like probably drive on, you know, drive it on Wat- Watkins, Glen there, or drive it on, uh, IMS road course in the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Uh, drive that around that. Um, saw somebody try driving it on Bristol, there's a post on Reddit, they uh, managed to get like a 9.9 second lap, uh, with uh, the Mercedes car, um, in Bristol. So that's a pretty impressive. You know, they had to make make some changes to the setup and uh had to find the right line uh on lap 2 so they started high on lap 1 and then took the low line on lap 2 and that was uh pretty interesting getting like a 9.9 second lap uh with uh that car at Bristol of course breaking the track record by a mile cuz uh, i think the track record is like 12.1 seconds or something like that and so cut off like uh almost you know like 2 seconds or more than, more than 2 seconds on that's uh, pretty incredible but that car got released and then also um the Honda Civic Type R that they race in IMSA along with the, uh, the Hyundai, um, I forgot the, is a, one of the Honda cars that they race in IMSA also got released. So that's a, should be a the fun TCR car, to car yeah, The TCR
0: Veloster. car, the Veloster.
1: Yeah, Veloster. Yeah, that got released on there too. So, uh, that should be a fun car to drive the, uh, the Honda, uh, around there uh should be fun on some of these road courses uh to some kind of like a mid level low level car that you can drive around for fun on or I-, I racing should be good. Um then as always you know the uh, usual stuff with uh indie cars uh the nascar 87 car um and i don't know maybe maybe the xfinity car I did did that a little bit over the weekend trying to catch up from um not being able to play in the last last couple of weeks or so uh did yeah, last week did some streams, some auto club uh racing uh on the Xfinity car and, and um in that per- I think the one that I did stream, I hit the wall towards the end, but thought I was gonna be in good position to get a top five there, but um ended up hitting the wall. Uh got a little too loose uh, off of turn four and uh got into but uh, it was fun, always fun running the high line there in the Xfinity car as well, uh, getting the run off the corner and saving your tires for the end uh, on that track. But yeah, uh, you was know, always it's going to be fun with all the new content and stuff. Season one for iRacing, so definitely uh, going to be on that. Try to try to uh, stream. I'll let you know, Philip, when do stream the especially especially with uh, the Mercedes car because that should be a fun car to drive. Uh, very challenging. Haven't driven anything like that in iRacing because they do have the iRacing IRO one, which is supposed to be like their interpretation of a, a Formula One level car, but I haven't had a chance to use that one yet. But I'll try the Mercedes car and see how it goes. Uh, but you know, as always, the Twitch streams gonna be on uh Twitch stream slash or twitch.com slash your sailor too and go watch on there and uh let you know when when I'm on and then you can go watch uh streaming the Formula One car, streaming iRacing and uh streaming indie cars, stuff like that. So it should be fun. Yeah, absolutely,
0: man. He josh drives really i've i've said it multiple times i mean i've watched josh on his streams and kind of like how he is on here calm cool collected brings the heat when it matters but he's gonna go and you know do his thing and wait for wait for the moment to go and pounce and do what he has to do to get the dub and so definitely follow him on his twitch streams usailor2 at jp huffine on twitter I mean, both of us were able to engage with uh, young Tom Kendall uh, when there was a post in regards to him and his uh, driving Kyle Petty's 42 car Back in 91 when Tommy Kendall should have won that race at Sonoma. Uh, And then in literally like three weeks later, he basically his whole entire career changed after that because he freaking went off at 180 miles an hour at the end of the back straight on Watkins Glen and went through the guardrail and busted his leg and ankles. Um, it was that that wreck and then the, you know, God bless the soul, JD McDuffie's fatal accident at Watkins Glen, which is why the inner loop exists, though, if you're in a car that has downforce, the inner loop doesn't exist because they basically can run. <laughs> they do down changes and um, run through that. It's not really it's semi flat um, in an Indy. It's I think it's like Indy It's flat in a DPI format it's basically flat so but you know back this is we're talking about 1991 we're talking about 30 was it yeah 30 years ago right Yeah. so i mean that was a whole different time and then i mean there's a video on youtube that i have as one of my favorites because it's tommy um talking about what his car was like the intrepid that brick that was the intrepid versus what the car that qualified on pole was the Porsche 962 with um, Bernd Schneider, legendary German touring car champion, was driving for Yoast and uh, the speed differentials and all that, and it just sounds insane. But um, yeah, you can follow me at Philip G Matthew on Twitter. You can follow us at Grip Pod on Twitter. The podcast is on. I'm trying to go and bring the. I don't know. I, my computer decided it's gonna sign me out of all my accounts for whatever reason. Like I, every time I turn the thing off, it signs me out, and um, it's pissing me off. Um, Apple Podcast, Amazon Music, Spotify, Podbean, Pandora. Um, we're also on uh, S- Stitcher, TuneIn. Um, you know, so we're we're out there we're growing slowly but surely we're gonna make uh make things happen here um i I know one of these days you know you're not going to be able to ignore us whatever it is whether it's josh going viral wearing a crazy outfit whether it's you know me going crazy today on this show and josh losing his mind on the jacksonville jaguars so we finally both of us ranted um you know, keeping it a little different from what we usually do. Um, whatever it has to be, we're here. Uh, Gripshire podcast. We're going to go and run for, I'm trying to bring up the calendar, at least two more weeks. And then we're going to probably take at least a week off for Christmas and New Year's. We'll probably be back after that because football playoffs and, or the regular season will be ending. So we we'll want to go and talk about regular season ending um, in for Josh who the Jacksonville Jaguars will be taking in the draft uh, because college bowl games will be going on in the Niners case, who the Niners won't be taking in the draft because they won't have a first round draft pick because it's going to the Miami Dolphins, but maybe they might go to the playoffs and get one and done, um, whatever the case may be. Um, we thank you for listening to Gripship Podcast. and thank you, Josh, as always, being my co-host, my right-hand mm. man, my uh, the calm the calm the calmness and the and the steady the steady hand while I go and lose my mind, um, and you know handling all the notes and all the other things. And for us uh, being able to do this show, I mean we're getting close to 100 episodes. I mean that's crazy considering where it started. One conversation about sim racing back in March of 2020. Yeah, it's leading um, up to this. And now we're now we're at 90 episodes, so it's pretty cool. Um, so we'll, uh, we're getting there a hundred's going to happen next year. So that'll be cool. And, um, probably have a guest or two if that when it, when that happens, but, um, as it stands, episode 91, we'll discuss who wins the formula one world championship. We'll discuss football, whatever else is on our mind here on the Grip shirt podcast. So thank you for listening. Take care. Have a good day.